Hi, I'm Matthew Lawrence. I play Jimmy in Double Threat, and I'm very glad to be on Below the Belt Show. The Below the Belt Show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the Bad Boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Right, it's time for another episode of BTB Below the Belt in the Mother. With the most here for your weekly pleasure, and I think Celebrity Soto certainly uh, seems very relevant based on the events of the weekend and this past Thursday night. But nonetheless, let's go ahead and introduce the rest of our amazing panel here on BTB. Starting with, that's right, guys, he is the king of the 80s. He is the demotivational speaker, the one and the only, Chachi McFly. <laughs> What's going on? It feels good to be back. Yes, Chachi McFly. And also uh, joining busy us. Busy weekend, busy weekend. Oh, yes, that's why this is this is why this threesome is on tonight. Not the threesome you envision, Chachi, but. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> this, this it's a horrible panel, threesome. <laughs> this particular panel has one thing in this common. No so, fantasy of ours. <laughs> Let's go ahead and introduce I can tell he's blushing. <laughs> he is a, <laughs> he is a journalist extraordinaire. He is Dean on the scene Rogers uh, back on Below the Belt show. Are you sure there is no threesome involved in this? I'm really trying to find out what this threesome is all about. <laughs> Three-man panel. Well, what do the three of us have in common? Because I wanted just the three of us to start the show when we welcome our other co-hosts later. All three of us attended the illustrious, the exclusive, the celeb politico-filled nerd prom known as White House Correspondence Dinner. And uh, not only did we attend the WHCD, a lot of the uh, pre-reception events, post-reception events, after parties, if you will. Uh, And uh, wow, what? An incredible weekend, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I never thought when I hear about it and hear stories about it, and read about it, yeah, all those years, but to finally experience it, it's like <laughs> it's like so, you've gone to heaven. It's like this is uh, DC of going to Hollywood for heaven, going to the Academy Awards or. <laughs> The MTV Movie Awards or yes. the American Music Awards. This is the DC equivalent. You've never seen yes. so many celebrities. In fact, I was talking to someone, now that I'm thinking about it, who was mm. visiting a hotel, didn't know what the event is about, but yet he's 
so he was asking me a lot of questions like what do you do why are they here and i had to yeah. spend the whole thing so it's like you I, i'm telling you this is my first time here so yeah. i'm trying to what's all the deal so, is but this is your first time dean but myself wow. and chachi we've been attending the whchcd for the past uh 12 years chach i think so 12 years yeah, and 12 years 12 years man in a row dean if this. you're if you're amazed on this past weekend you should have seen it during the obama years oh i bet like i mean it was wall-to-wall celebrities it, it doesn't <laughs> even compare i mean you might have like <laughs> a nice group of celebrities here, but like it's like the who's who of Hollywood would come out during the it's Obama. Insane. It's insane. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely insane. So let's let's first of all talk about what, what we did, what, who we saw, who would who did we rub elbows with, guys? So uh, let's start with Friday first, Chachi. Friday night, our friends at the Creative Coalition, and you know we've been covering the Creative Coalition events for many years. In fact, that's the first um, White House correspondent event that we covered back in 2011, Chachi. Um, yeah. And uh, it, we still have a great working relationship with them, and we're happy to cover their hashtag Right to Bear Arts Gala. Again, this organization is so good because they are all about endowment for the arts, you know, seeking funding from government officials for the arts. Uh, a lot of these uh, programs get, are cut um, in, in schools, and, um, you know, it's really, really important that the programs um, stay a part of the curriculum for, for kids that are learning that that have become future artists and future actors and future entertainers and future, future musicians. Right. And uh, we we can't say enough great things about the Creative Coalition. Well, even back when I was in school, you know, way back in the day, you know, back when life was in black and white, they always threatened to cut those kind of programs. They always threatened to cut like gym class and, you know, art class and like music class. And all these different things that, you know, people grow up and become, you know, from these classes. You know, it's not all about like algebra, like how many people grow up and use algebra in their life. You know, I don't think too many, but I think a lot more people grow up and become artists and, you know, and actors and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And you'll get into sports, you know, so kind of these programs, you know, really limits what people, you know, can do with their life. I haven't too, heard too much about the sports, Chachi, but certainly it's certainly the arts and uh you know, a lot of yeah, us yeah, like gym class and everything. They'd always threaten to cut those okay. kind of programs, but like the arts but are very important. Very, yeah. very important. Very important, especially growing up um, in Prince George's County, Maryland, and being able to access all those arts programs. I mean, because of being in chorus and being in band and yeah. mm -hmm. being in drama club, I got exposed to so many different worlds that it really propelled me to what I'm doing today. I mean, if it wasn't for being a member of my middle school honors course for the county, I would never have gone to my, my first Broadway show, which was Beauty and the Beast, the very first Disney Broadway. And this was just mm -hmm. when they opened in 1994. And it really came full circle 25 years later at AwesomeCon. And I got to interview Paige O'Hare, who played Belle in oh, yes. And when wow. I got my original playbill to her, she said, I got a rare playbill. The playbill had the rose in color in the first few weeks, and then he switched it to black and white. Oh. And it's, I held on to that playbill. In fact, that playbill is still in my playbill folder to this day. But because of the, because of the arts, I have a great appreciation of going to museums and watching movies and talking with celebrities and interviewing celebrities and being behind the scenes and in front of the camera and writing and producing 
and creating TRR. It has been a whirlwind, I would say 30 years of being exposed to arts. And I'm forever grateful to all the teachers like Mr. Cree and Ms. Rowe and the late Dr. Bradford who exposed me to all of these elements. And I think I speak for a lot of, for the three of us, that if it wasn't for those art teachers and those music teachers and those drama club teachers, we would not be here doing what we do. Exactly. And if well, I can, being exposed, uh, being exposed to like um, drama and like chorus and stuff, were you exposed to any lockers too in school? I was exposed to the lockers, but not being <laughs> inside one of them. So that's good news. <laughs> <laughs> and if I can add, so yes. Funny, what's so funny is like growing up like that, you know, that kind of stuff, like you wouldn't be made fun of. But now it seems like a lot of people think it's cool, you know, like all the yeah. stuff that was nerdy back in school is now cool. Yes, and, and I could add. Okay, people playing like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. Yeah, especially when I went to my um, 20th reunion a few years ago, and I remember those same people who thought me being in a Star Trek uniform and doing this, <laughs> I, I was, and then all of a sudden come to my room and say, "Oh my God, I did not know Star Trek was cool, man!" What? <laughs> I said, "Yeah, seriously." <laughs> And we now show up all celebrities. I'm the man now. So yeah, exactly. You didn't show up to the reunion dressed as Spock, did you? Oh hell no. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Same with me, guys. I mean, you know, I I started my my interest in theater uh, all the way back in middle school when I did uh, a Christmas Carol. Oh, and uh, yeah, yeah. And then from there in high school, I did uh, Bye Bye Birdie the musical. And even though I didn't major in um, um, a fine arts in an undergrad, I always had that creative side. And it really started with the, those uh, arts programs in schools. Did you and play on Tiny Tim's cane? <laughs> I was one crutch. Was it a crutch? Every every act had a different Scrooge or five. Okay. Of us. That's kind of how they did it. So because at a, as a middle school student, you're, the the capacity I guess to memorize uh, so much dialogue uh, they they felt was limited. So uh, you're like the, you're like the Disney version of Scrooge, the Disney version, like yes, the, the live action, version. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Dean shaking his head there. <laughs> That's you to say, but uh, but let's talk about Creative Coalition. What we saw. So um, wow. Um, among the uh, celebrity guests in attendance include Kobe Smulders from How I Met Your Mother and The Avengers, who Maria Hill, right? Yeah, yeah, Mandalorian's um, yeah. own the armor herself, Emily Swallow. We got a great interview with Emily Swallow. Who knew uh, she was so hot? <laughs> because she's under she's all that always, armor. She's always covered by that uh, Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, I never knew how she looked in real life until I saw her in person. This is the way. She's oh, right. she's she's definitely in the way. She's. <laughs> And then, uh, Chacha, you conducted an interview with um, Reagan Revered from Young Sheldon. Yes. Um, who's a fantastic young actress. I also got to interview B.D. Wong. You might know him from Law and Order SVU, all the Jurassic Park movies. Uh, he's also in Aquafina, Nor from Queens. Uh, who else? We also talked to Jason Isaacs um, from the Harry Potter fame. We talked to Star Trek. Yes, Star Trek. You know Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> And we also interviewed the amazing Yvette Nicole Brown from Community. Um, she's also on the Talking Dead um, after show for The Walking Dead. Yeah. And my favorite interview of the night had to have been Grace Caroline Curry, who is Ooh. Mary from Shazam. Um, and um, she gave such an incredible interview, talked about how she was the only 
Shazam's sibling to portray the pre-Shazam, post-Shazam. You know, she was the same actress where everyone else, and she explained that. Because I was always wondering. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. She's the only one that played the same, um, the only actress that played the same uh, for both. But also in a Yeah, and she was great in that movie Fall, too, if you guys have not seen that yet. We actually talked about Fall, too. Incredible movie. Like, if you're going to watch that movie, you're definitely going to have sweaty palms while you watch it. It's a stressful, stressful movie. Or the stressful, the stressful. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, yes. <laughs> below the belt. I hope. <laughs> we we get a little nuts here, uh, but hey, don't shake your head, Dean. You know why you're on the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the show. <laughs> uh, but there are also other celebrities that. Oh wait, one more that I interviewed. Um, after the dinner, we were bummed because our our oh yeah our camera guy, videographer, cinematographer extraordinaire um dexter uh had to yeah, he does a had to job video he had, he had to dip out but i got an audio interview with Catherine mcnamara from walker independence she's also in the flash she's been appeared in she's appeared in a lot of the uh, the other related shows like like uh legends of tomorrow and arrow um so uh that was great too and then of course uh sophia pernas was in the house um Justin Hartley was in the house from This Is Us, Clark Gregg, Judy Gold, um, and uh, and yeah, as I mentioned, Kobe Smulders, my God. Yeah, I mean, this do a great job of just getting all these different types of celebrities from movies, TV shows, music. You know, they all they're always like it's just an interesting group. Like you'd never find all these people at a con or anything. It's just a great right. group of people. And they were on Capitol Hill earlier in the day to, you know, um, Plead, you know, the case to lobbyists about funding for the arts, and um, that was uh, very, very successful. And then uh, after we did it, Chachi got treated to an amazing dinner, um, courtesy oh, yeah. of the Creative Co- Coalition, and uh, got to uh, mingle with the rest of the celebrities. And uh, after that, Chachi, we got to attend Axios after hours. Uh, we have to That's uh, right. give, a, give a shout out to Kelly and Roy Schwartz. <laughs> Kelly is a DMV. The based actor who's a friend, and her husband Roy happens to be the co-founder of Axios, one of the biggest media companies out to, out now, and uh, they're also based in D.C. and uh, it was amazing. And we actually had the CEO. He reminds me a lot of myself. He he does. How so? Yeah, I mean I don't know. Handsome. Looking. Nah, it's, it's successful. There's a lot of stuff about him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Roy, actually, how many people can say that they had the co-founder of a company come out and try to get us into their party? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, that was pretty nice. <laughs> I guess and that's what I want to do next year. <laughs> yeah. And then of course, right after that, Chachi, you know we had to stop by Fuel Amari for UTA, right? Yep. Oh, you know, they rolled out the red carpet for us. Yep. The celebration of journalists and uh, in the house, Chachi was none other. Then Justin Thoreau. That's right, Justin Thoreau, yeah. of course. Uh, you're going to see him in White House Plumbers, which is, uh, I believe, uh, premiered last night on HBO. Um, yeah, it's which, out now, yep. Yeah, pretty pretty exciting. About Watergate. Uh, yeah, and um, <clears throat> that was an incredible Friday night. I mean, you know, it's open bars. It's it's it's, uh, it's a lot of partying. And yeah, we partaked. Yes, of course. So the next day, where do we go, Chachi? We go to the pre-receptions. That's our first stop. The Washington Post pre-reception well, was a lot of fun. Thank you, uh, Washington Post, for taking care of us. They had a really cool photo booth. They had a really um, 
amazing saxophone player. Oh, and they had great food. <laughs> great food, yes. Great food. Um, That's the thing. Like, all these parties, the food keeps coming. I mean, like... The, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's absolutely amazing. All these rich, connected people who... <laughs> Are never hungry. Get offered the best food. <laughs> like this. So after we get a couple of doors, we included crab cakes and some other treats. Uh, we go across to the amazing Politico pre-reception, and who do we run into that pre-reception? Not other than Dean Rogers. Uh, we were very pleasantly surprised to see Dean. Uh, Dean, uh, that what was the biggest celebrity think? that we saw? Was Dean the biggest? Yeah. <laughs> Dean, what did you think of that Politico? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, especially since it was also with um, CBS. It was pretty yes. amazing. I have to admit, of all the pre-receptions I've been to that night, I feel CBS Political can't sound the best. That was the best. It was I agree fantastic. With you. Let's talk about something we saw. Thank you, um, Al, for seeing two particular people that if I would have waited just a few more damn minutes, I would have seen them too. Are are we referring to the couple that has Rebecca Remain and Jerry O'Connell? Uh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck fan, and they Chachi. both played number ones first officers on two different series. I mean, who <laughs> anything that has a Star Trek reference, it's like it's like God for you. I get it. <laughs> but Chachi, that was the one of the most um, wanted photo ops of the of the day, right? For for, for me, his, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Jerry O'Connell, like he was. Um, Vern from Stand By Me, um, yep. definitely one of my favorite movies in my top ten of all time. Um, just a great movie, like any kind of coming of age movie. This is up there on I think most people's lists. And I agree. Um, Me too. yeah, and it, it is funny just seeing him. Like I mean, he was known as the as like the little like chubby kid on, on the movie. Yeah, you know, great great young actor, but like you know, then he grew up and got too damn tall, super tall, and, <laughs> right. and, you know, good looking, and married a supermodel and. Yeah, life's, life's going great, you know, but I talked to him for a while, like, um, of course, being a big stand by me, Mark, I've been to the filming locations over in Oregon <laughs> and uh, Northern California. So I was talking nice. about that. And, um, you know, it's in Brownsville, um, Oregon, when most of it was um, filmed mm. and it's a very small town. It looks just like it did, you know, on stand by me, which looked just like it did. And I'm sure in the 50s. Um, but he said he hadn't been back to that town since he filmed, you know, back in the um mid 80s and i was telling him how like you know at the end of the movie for people remember stand by me um Vern picks up a penny on the road and it's like, oh. so the town i put like a penny on the road the same spot in the asphalt and like you know um just kind of coating over there so people couldn't steal it but he had no idea and like he seemed pretty um impressed by that that they actually did that and then like rebecca remain was like um like, what's he talking about it's oh yeah at the end of the movie you know I, like, my character picks up a penny and stuff and he was saying how they actually put a penny like a penny in the road and like you know so they thought that was pretty cool and it's just kind of it's kind of cool like seeing him share like a um something about his movie you know to his wife you know um i, I thought that was pretty cool to see that and yeah, her get it, almost but, as cool but, as making um uh, the actor from Nino Tuno uh, laugh hysterically about, do you want to exchange an egg? Ian Zaring from Nino Tuno. Ian Zaring, yes. Yeah, you told him, like, yeah, would you like to exchange an egg? He's like, an egg. I like to change an egg, egg episode of Nino Tuno, right. He started laughing. But it took um, him a few seconds, too, like, for him to recall that scene, and he did. He's like, exchange an egg. He's like, huh. And then it, it popped in his head. He's like, oh, he started laughing. <laughs> that, that was years ago. But that was years ago. 
for me, yeah, I'm. But, but Jerry O'Connell is super nice, and his wife is super nice. Oh like, God, they, they're both very, very nice. Time to talk to everybody. Nothing pretentious about them at all. Like it's just, it's al- it's always good when you like, you know, see somebody you grew up watching them and stuff, and you're like, mm-hmm. you know, like I bet he's a, a cool guy, and I hope he's a cool guy. And you meet him, and he's a cool guy, you know. So it's really cool well, to see. I told Rebecca she's my favorite mystique. And yeah. she's like, well, there's only two of us. She's like, yeah, you're still my favorite. <laughs> For me, as a Star Wars fan, meeting, well, seeing again, because I've already met her before, Rosario Dawson. Oh, man. Yes, because she has been um, a fixture heart. a fixture on the uh, White House Correspondents Dinner. And, of course, now she's in my favorite fandom, Star Wars, as Ahsoka. Exponentially, her stock raises in my eyes because oh, yeah. I'm yeah. Star Wars, Mark. Dean's a Star yeah, I wish she was a fixture of my house. Yeah, <laughs> she's lovely. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, is there anybody more down to earth than Rosario? Like Rosario, like, we were talking. She was talking about how she kept the short hairstyle because of the yeah. the tails that she had, the pro- tails prosthetic, you know, prosthetic yeah. she had to wear as, as Ahsoka. Just, just endearing, and I just took, yeah, I love how you uh, you've been here for multiple years, and she's like, yeah, I've actually been here since the Bush years, referring to George W. Bush. Yeah, she's been coming every year since then. Um. And it's cool to and, see a celebrity that will show up there for like you know different presidents, you know, not like you know not playing favorites, you know, not like boycotting one side or the other. It's just cool mm-hmm. seeing her show up and having a good time and you know supporting um, you know journalists and everything and I'm sure the parties. But yeah, it's a super down to earth um, actor. Absolutely, and let's not Love. forget Zoe Deschanel and Jonathan Scott of the Property Brothers. Yeah. Both Property Brothers were there. Um, got to tell uh, Zoe, who I love, she's someone I had a crush on forever, to uh, have a new girl reunion. So uh, <laughs> hopefully that that would have been uh, in the plans. Is that one of your guilty pleasures. New girl. Yeah. Oh yeah. That no, was it yours. For me, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah new girl. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because right. I mean, the show kind of catered. I I felt like it catered for for more women, I guess. Yeah. But uh, but uh, yeah, I did love kind like kind like Twilight. Kind Whether of like Twilight, sure. Guilty pleasures, but you're not really <laughs> guilty about. And Dean, you ran into Ki Hu Kwan, recent oh, Oscar yeah. winner. We didn't yes. get to see him. You got to see yeah. him. It was, he was the first one I uh, ran into, and I recognized him immediately. And he was very cool, down to earth. I just wish I met him at the convention because he did a lot of conventions with the Goonies cast over yeah. the years before he got back into movies thanks to crazy witch agents now mm-hmm. he's an oscar winner and yeah. i told my friends that i am now one star away from getting the main cast for that for goonies because no for everything everywhere because oh everything everywhere. Oh, okay <laughs> i met jimmy curtis in i met stephanie at uh, middleburg this past year yes. so now i've got to get michelle okay so, you have jamie lee curtis Yes, I met her at um, in Bethesda, Maryland, at the former Barnes and Noble okay. book. She had a book signing of one of her children's books, and she was very friendly. Down, you got to get side. all of them now. You got to get all of them now, and the, it's amazing. Key one was just the uh, the, the Met guy too. Meeting Dario, and it's funny that I met her at that event, and we got our picture together because I was going back through my Facebook page the next day. It would have mm. been seven years that we first met, Rosario and I. No, and it was, yeah. Yeah, and it's crazy. It was very crazy. It's like, wow, seven years ago at an STK event, not too far, the former STK dinner for A Right to Bear Arts, which was my yes. first one. Yes. And here we are seven years later. Yes. We were at that same one, Dean. 
Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah we yeah. got we got our photo op uh, as well, which uh, I think I have at least three photo ops from her from various. Uh, I think uh, so too. Right. Yeah. House correspondence events. So that that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And then so of course there's the dinner. Oh wait, I got two more. I got two more. Oh, you got two more. Two oh, more. Okay. Um, so the, I ran into uh, Byron Allen, um, who oh, yeah. forgot about Byron Allen. And he, we and I had like a seven minute conversation because he told me what magazine I worked for and how long about. And he praised me for keeping the mantle and following entertainment news. So it was exciting to have that conversation. I told him I watch Funny You Should Ask, the game show he's on and produce. I watch it every day, almost every morning. And oh, he asked wow. me how I watch it on, and that was exciting. And then I had a reunion of a reunion of sorts because. Um, the Transparent Danish Girl event, which was, I think, back in 2016, I met uh, Bradley Whitford and his wife now, Amy Landecker, who was in Transparent, and they were very exciting, cool couple. And I ran into Bradley like a few months before that event, and he was at the co-host. No, he was the host of a Capital Fourth or a National Mer- the National Memorial Day concert one year because the host got sick one year and he took over as host so we decided to take a picture together and we were talking and amy and i we had a great conversation so it was very exciting to meet a lot of those celebrities yeah. at that i was I so ran to bradley as well uh, of course he he's he's still he's a working he's been a working actor forever i mean he was in west wing uh he was uh you know in the get out movie uh yeah, and, the, and he's in handmaid's tale hey he was in um, Adventures in Babysitting. Okay, oh, yeah, he goes way, way Yes, yes, back. yes. And uh, it was good to run him into him as well. And, of course, after the dinner, of course, a lot of the press outlets either got to go to the press area or watch at the bar, which is completely fine. And then – They play uh, Madison, too. Oh, is that one as well? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um but you know that's okay. But you know, sitting for the dinner, I mean, you know, it's it, a lot of it was boring, anyways, right? Yeah. And then at the end of the night, we get to go to the MSNBC, well, formerly MSNBC, now Comcast, NBC Universal after party, uh, uh, which was fantastic. I ran into James Austin Johnson, who uh, does the best Donald Trump impression. Uh, you got to hear his impression. If you haven't seen Saturday Night Live lately, it's a spot on Donald Trump impression. And I got to talk to him a little bit as well. And that party was completely bananas. Uh, well, if you haven't seen Saturday Night Live um, recently, you might not see it. <laughs> um, upcoming now. Oh, right, because of the writer's strike. We're going to get into all right, that yeah. stuff, the writer's strike and all that stuff. So, no, um, but, but, but yeah, much much better party now that it's um, NBC, Universal, Comcast, you know, instead of yes. MSNBC. It just yeah. seems like a much better layout. It was I mean, the food. It Talk was about the food. Either. The food was fantastic. I mean, they had like these gourmet dumplings. They had cacio e pepe uh, flatbread, right? They had, uh, um, oh gosh, can you remember everything else, Chachi? They had this amazing. I mean, I mean it's just yeah, a lot of it's a blur. Like a vodka, like a vodka milkshake, like a cereal milkshake or something, <laughs> like with vodka in it. Like there's, like, and it's funny with these. Um, Oh, d'oeuvres they're, they're bringing around like they, they they come up to you like seeing if you want you know whatever's on the tray like they'll come after you mm-hmm. to see if you're still hungry like it's just like you know usually you get to chase down the people that have the the little right. trays and you're right. like not not here i mean they wanted you to eat all the food it was it's like it's like you know 
it's like having my um, Italian grandparents. It's like kind of forced me um, to eat before I left. You know, like, eat, eat. You're too skinny. You're too skinny. Eat. That's the same in the Filipino household. They're like, yeah, oh yeah, it's yeah. Like, if you, it's to eat. Yeah. yeah if, if you don't eat, they're offended. It's not, it's yeah, not exactly. like they were at this party. Well, we actually have two guest co-hosts joining us tonight um, to uh, chat everything in the world of entertainment. Let's start I'm with like a big old sword fight tonight. Look at this. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> Starting with that's, that's really right. messed up. He is a Sith Lord. <laughs> The controversial, he is six foot eight, and you can't teach that. The one and only Darth Paul Wallace. I am a Sith Lord. <laughs> oh, my. I don't yeah, work for Disney. Are... Six and foot eight, work... really? <laughs> he does yeah. not work for Disney, no. <laughs> that's not, that's not, not the like Disney a... Star Wars. Okay. It's <laughs> not like also... a WWE kind of six foot eight, where you're really like six foot like four, but they just overbuild you like that. <laughs> No, no, if I was in WWE, I would be like seven, seven, two, seven, three. Yeah, from parts unknown. I got you a few years ago. I actually got to interview the big show for the Nickelodeon Worldwide they played 12 years ago. And I remember standing here and I'm looking up here and saying, just a big motherfucker. Oh, yeah. We actually have a professional wrestler on the virtual panel. Also, a cosplayer extraordinaire and uh, the husband of cosplayer extraordinaire, Joe Colton. But we have Wes Whitlock joining us. Wes, you did a great job on BTB last month. And I was like, we got to get you back to talk everything about the draft and backlash. But you know what? You're so good at entertainment as well. We'll just have you on for the whole show. <laughs> so ha- happy to have you back. <laughs> you're you. a jack of all trades. And you're a former pro- professional wrestler, I should uh, yes, yes, reiterate. Yeah, fantastic. Wow. So, a lot of fun, fun discussion. Paul, we we, we have someone to talk wrestling with us now. <laughs> well, thinking of okay. it, it took a, it took a while, but we finally. <laughs> I mean, speaking of speaking of tall, we also saw at the party, um, at the pre-party, the what's her name, Brittany, um, from the WNBA. Brittany that was Griner. In, um, Ooh, Brittany Griner. Griner, yes, Brittany Griner. You, like, you mean the one we created the Merchant of Death for? Which yeah, seems like a real player trade, doesn't it? I mean, she was super tall. Like, like I, like you don't realize how tall these people are until you see them in real life. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Billy Eichner was another one, wasn't he? He was huge. Yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, just a couple of uh White House correspondent things before we uh, wrap that segment and move That's on to entertainment. What that, that abbreviation was. Yes. <laughs> oh, you were wondering what the WHCD was? Yeah. Everything else I understood. <laughs> yes, the White House correspondence dinner. Um, what did you think of Roy Woods uh, Jr.'s um, monologue? I don't know. I thought it was okay. Nah. It was just okay. Nah. There was um, he took a cheap shot about children getting shot in schools, and he's like, oh, you know, like, um, you know, of yeah, course, yeah. Not like, especially considering we've experienced a lot of kids getting shots in schools in the yeah, last that was month and poor last case. few years alone. So. It was like, uh, did not need to hear that. But the pot shots, you know, with Tucker and yeah. and it's fair game, especially you know with a bunch of journalists. Yeah, Tucker and Don Lemon both, you know. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I thought it was both... just okay. And like, like I said, like during the Obama years, they had like these like A-list comedians like Conan O'Brien and like I mean, who else did we see during the Obama years? Was one like Jay Leno one year? I can't remember, but I mean, Jimmy I wasn't Kimmel, really familiar. Believe, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel, you're right, Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wasn't very really familiar with his work, and he, I mean, he was okay. Like it wasn't anything like to blow you away. Yeah, 
Well, you know, he had some funny, you know, jokes about uh about Tucker, Tucker Carlson, yeah. and uh, he said to Tucker staff, I want you to know that I know what you're feeling. I work at the Daily Show, so I too have been blindsided by the sudden departure of a host of a fake news program. <laughs> 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 so yeah, you got cut a couple laughs out of there, you know. As you know, Don Lemon had been fired for CNN. He, you know, made some disparaging mark about women, older women. That I, I'm actually, you know what? I'm so surprised he lasts as long as he did because you heard about like the other stuff with him too, right? Other stuff. There's been there's been all kinds of stuff. He has a lawsuit going on. He like ex- like uh, I think he was going to the bathroom and some he exposed himself to some dude. In the oh, bathroom, God, really? he has a lawsuit about that. Yeah, it's there's all kinds yeah. of things. There's like things where he like said stuff to people derogatory, like racial stuff. It's like, and yeah, if he was anywhere else, he would have been canceled. Yeah, I mean, Roy called him an asshole as well. You know, he he was very uh very <laughs> very um you know expressive in that in that in that sentiment. And of course, well, it's, it's you- kind of stuck for him because like Don Lemon had had been to the White House Correspondence Center a lot in years past. We've seen him there. Yeah. But you know, know the funny thing is, I heard like all that stuff might just be fake too, because like uh, they say, like I talked to a couple of people who said they met him when I was filming the other other day up in Philadelphia, and they said he was not like that when he was filming in Philadelphia. He was more for facts. He wasn't for all this propaganda stuff. He yeah. wasn't for all these. So so I don't know if it like I don't know I, I don't know what to make on him. Okay, well then we heard the opposite side with uh, Tucker Carlson. In fact. My girl Jen Saki, because I got to get a couple Saki bombs there last year, said <laughs> that that Tucker talked about explicit white nationalist views, which were a problem, you know, for the network. Yeah, that's, and, that, that's not good. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and also said um, in 2018 uh, made the anti-immigration argument, in which he said immigrants make our own country poorer and dirtier and more divided. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, also said the January 6th in- insurrection was an inside job. So <laughs> uh, that, that, that still might be the case. We don't know yet. And there's some video out on that one. And it's crazy to believe that this is the third cable network he got fired from. Third. Is this, this is the third one that Tucker's been fired yeah, from? Yeah, he, he was on MSNBC before. CNN. So this is number really? three. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then he was also joking about our vice president saying, you know, now because the vice president's a woman, people are asking her what her job is. What does a vice president do? What a vice president does? You know, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of, um, but she, he was hoping those jokes would land okay, and I guess it did. But uh, oh no, she looked pissed at first when he said that. Did, did was she pissed? Yeah, she had a, she had a pissed look on her face oh. when he said about. But then he kind of like, I, but the joke wasn't really against her. He kind of like backtracked from the joke. Oh okay. That's what he told it. So well, I mean, we could. Then, I mean, they could get with Biden Fetterman. It would be a no-brainer. Oh, <laughs> he was there too. Fetterman, Fetterman was there as well. Yeah, but all in all, you know, pretty good uh, White House correspondence dinner. And um, you know, I was already exhausted. You know, big weekend in D.C. and then Thursday night I got invited to the Bupkis premiere. That's Pete Davidson's uh, new show on Peacock. And uh, again, another reception with open bar and food. And okay. uh, yeah, it was it was a great time. Ran into uh, Lauren Michaels, you know the SNL uh, showrunner. He's been oh, the, yeah. the the original showrunner, I think, since the seventies, I believe. You know, he's been, yeah, yeah, I think he's get to one year, seventy five. Yeah, he's yeah, they replaced him one year, and they replaced uh, they him one year. Him okay, and they brought him yeah, back. Yeah, during the eighty disastrous eighty to eighty four, 
when if it was there only two people survived joe piscopo and eddie murphy everyone else is like but oh, do you wow. know what? Like, did you look at the class from that era, though? I mean, like, you had Robert Downey Jr., you had Julie Wee's Dreyfus. I mean, you had some really oh, talented no, no, no. people. Like, was apt was during that time. No, it was afterwards because mm-hmm. it was Gilbert Gaffrey and the girl from Dream oh, okay, yeah. and it's So, it, yeah, Robert Downey Jr., Julie Wee's was after the fact, not. Julie oh, was it okay? Yeah. okay? But still, Gilbert Gottfried was kind of big for a little while. I mean. Yeah, it was kind of one one for crony, but still, it's like he he was big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it was it was a great um show, man. I, I guys, I highly recommend Bubkiss. It's it's really funny. It's you know loosely based on Pete's life about him living in his basement, uh, his mom's basement, and and you know dealing with fame and stuff like that. And uh, you know Joe Pesci plays his grandfather, Edie Falco plays his mother. Um, but thank you again, NBC and Peacock for for the okay. Who's NBC's his hot girlfriend favorite. now? Because it doesn't seem like see he seems to like get all these crazy hot girlfriends. It's well, he was insane. at the White House Correspondents Dinner last year with Kim Kardashian. With Kim Kardashian. Yeah. And I believe he's dating. He's, he's dating the girl from one of the mo- that horror movie that he recently did. Um, uh, who's probably the least famous of, of of the girls he's recently dated, but you know. Okay. That movie was dude, awful. Dude, pills like major major tail. Yeah, it's, he it's does. Incredible. Yeah. He definitely ever achieves. <laughs> for sure he overachieving i've been saying he's been uh, overachieving for a long time yeah yeah it gives gives and inspiration you know, for that old rumor about the actors like selling their souls to the devil and stuff i think he actually did yeah. <laughs> you can see him like sign the contract you know and it, it all like sets on fire you know as what? he signs it like, i think it's good karma coming his way his father died in 9-11 and he talks no, about it it's it's actually a focus of one of the episodes of you know his flashbacks to his youth and from his other show too yeah, but I mean, as, as, as horrible as that is, like, there's a lot of people who yep. have people that die in 9-11 and they're right. not going around banging all these A-list, like, hot celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> I saw MGK, Machine Gun Kelly in the house. I saw Alex Moffat in the house. I saw um, BJ Actually, Novak from The Machine Office. Gun Kelly with a, what's her name? With no, a, Megan, uh, Megan Fox Megan was not there. I was, I was no, hoping she was there. He oh, yeah. oh, he cheated. That's right. He did cheat on her, didn't he? Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> But then again, she's old enough to be his mom. About so the White like, House stuff, but when it comes to pop culture, I have I have a little finger on the pulse. Oh, I know, we know, we know that. We know. <laughs> yeah, imagine, <laughs> imagine you cheat on Megan Fox. Like, <laughs> like that's probably just looked at her thumb too much and was like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Megan Fox. Go, I mean, look it up, Google it. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think his guitarist, uh, the guitarist of his band. I think he cheated. You know. Yeah. But anyways, he's, he's pretty nuts for doing so. Oh, Paul Paul Walter Hauser is there too, dude. He's a freaking phenomenal actor. You might know him from Cobra Kai. He was also in Blackbird, and uh, he was Richard Jewell in that uh, biopic. Yeah, yeah. Black Clansman too. Black Clansman, phenomenal actor. Very good actor. All right, let's move into uh, movie stuff. Uh, so the box office, uh, Super Mario Brothers is now in the billion dollar club. That's Man. incredible. Can you believe wow. it? One billion More than Sonic? Sonic, I know. No, I I it did it make more than Sonic? It did. Yeah. It did. I, I don't yeah. think. I don't, Sonic was I don't think Sonic is in the billion dollar club. No. Yeah. No, it's no Sonic, Sonic was quality. So if it made more, that's that's a good. But like I was saying, yes. Can you believe it? Super Mario Brothers 
one billion dollars, which is just I'm sure yeah. Disney is so. Oh yeah, Disney's and uh, Disney's gonna be pissed because uh, Universal's putting Mario Land in too. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's so when you put Mario Land in next near Disney and Disney's already kind of sinking, so it's like yeah, that's not good for Disney. Yeah. This is the fifth movie of the pandemic times to join the one billion dollar club, which includes Spider Man. Wow. Spider Man No Way Home, Top Gun Maverick, Just Jurassic World Dominion, and Avatar: The Way of the Water. See, do you know what Jurassic Park Dominion? I'm surprised that's up there. Is it just because it's the last Jurassic Park movie? Because really, that was not good. That sucked. It wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't good. Well, I think a lot of people wanted to see it because it was the final one, and plus they're bringing back some of those original characters. But yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, the I mean, whole, there's other movies. I mean, I agree with 100. percent And the other thing is horrible. Yep, it's like you set up the story to go fight dinosaurs, and the dinosaurs aren't there. It's, it makes no sense. Yeah, it's locust. Yeah, like, the problem was the locust. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for for an animated film to get a billion dollars, that's pretty incredible. It's it's crazy, and of course, still the number one movie. Um, and it oh, and John enough- Leguizamo even more pissed because he he yeah, was like boycotting and telling everybody to boycott it and. He was like, oh, yeah, we saw him at the White House Correspondence Center, too. He was there. Was oh, yeah, John Leguizamo was there, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, still a number one movie, $40 million for the weekend, $1 billion globally. Oh, um, and then, of course, the, the number two movie, Evil Dead Rise, with uh, $12.2 million over the weekend. And then Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, uh, $6.8 million, which, Dean, I believe you saw, right? Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret? I did. Yeah. Did you read the books back in um, middle school? Wait, I mean, I heard four voices. I cannot. (laughs) Sorry. I was just asking for a religious movie. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was a, it it touched on religious themes at times um, towards the middle and towards the end, but it wasn't really too preachy, but it really did the book justice. I remember reading the book a while back when I was a kid. So as long as, you know, Judy Boone was involved, which she was, and it did the book justice, which it did. I'm glad she was involved. Wasn't well, that, like, about, like, you know, like a, the girl coming of age and having her period and stuff? When that, the, the, that Did that help you out back in middle school? No. <laughs> no I remember all the girls back in middle school read Judy Bloom because it was kind of like a little bit of, like, sexual stuff in there. And, like, oh, that yeah. was back in the day where, like you couldn't find anything sexual when you were like a teen. So like everybody flocked to it. Like, like us guys would flock to like mad magazine stuff. Cause there would be like a little bit of like sexual stuff in mad magazine. Like not much. Yeah, see, we like, didn't have something called the internet back then. No, we didn't. Nope. So anything that was a little risque, whatever people were like, Oh, and it was a kind of like hush hush. Like let's go to the library and, and like check out this book. Like, <laughs> like I'm learning a lot of, a lot on this uh, episode. What West might be the junior member in the panel. He 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 might have had internet in high school. (laughs) Um, Or I just don't know any of this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Fourth and fifth place. Fourth, no surprise, John Wick Chapter Four. But number five, can you believe Star Wars: Return of the Jedi? Because of the 40-year anniversary, it it dropped in theaters 1983. Took the number five spot at 4.7 million. Um, not Is that bad. better than Rise of Skywalker? Not bad. <laughs> the 1983, 1983 movie coming back, uh, you know, to the box office. So, now, is this a special edition or like the original? No, I don't think they made any changes. I think it's still going to be the special. Yeah, see, edition. George Lucas isn't there, okay. so he's not CGIing like random creatures in the background. So, 
Because <laughs> it yeah. seems like all those special edition ones, you had all these random things that were just like added for oh, no yeah, reason yeah, whatsoever. The, um, like Jabba's um, palace with the um, who's that one S- creature that was singing? Suits. The weird singer guy. Yeah, yeah they had it, had it all CGI and she's <laughs> yeah. dancing around and acting all crazy. Like it was real cheesy. Sny Suitles got a compared to the original. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know if it was an improvement. <laughs> it just uh, it felt a little out of place, uh, quite frankly. But, well, actually, uh, I saw an article about um uh, Steven Spielberg, and he actually regrets like. Um, oh, the ET thing, edit, yeah. Yeah, making edits to ET. Because, you know, at the end of ET, when like, they had, the FBI agents had guns and they changed it to walkie-talkies oh. like um, years later. And he said he regrets going back and changing that and how, um, you know, directors and stuff and um, movie makers should not go back and change their work. But um, you know that was the creation of woke movies. They were like, no guns, <laughs> walkie-talkies instead. <laughs> they need to release a director's cut of ET, perhaps. Yeah, but it wasn't like any kids got shot or anything. They just, they just held guns. And I, like, yeah. FBI agents have guns, yeah. so I thought it made it more <laughs> scary as a kid. Too yeah. soon, for sure. <laughs> but we all know what the number one movie will be uh, next weekend, and that's Guardians of the Galaxy 3. That's yeah. right. The the premiere, which I don't know where my invite was, but I didn't go. But uh, nonetheless, uh, uh, all the stars were there except for Dave Bautista and Zoe Saldana. They were not there for whatever reason, but everyone no, else. No, no, Dave Bautista was there. Oh, he was there? I just couldn't see him. Oh, oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> no, you think of John Cena. No, no. He's, he's talking about Dave because of the, um, the joke. joke. The Drax joke in one yeah, of the Drax. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but eighty-seven standing very, very still. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you know, this is um, James Gunn last hurrah uh, in the MCU. As you know, he's going to DC, and he actually gestured to Palm Clementine, who plays Mantis, that some of the actors from guardians will be making appearances in the DCU films that he's going to be doing. So that's pretty, that's, uh, that's pretty assuring to hear, you know, cause I mean, he said, uh, that he, he would have used Chris Pratt if he was younger for, um, Superman. Wow. Oh yeah. Chris Pratt was a, a younger actor. He would definitely want to screen test him. As Superman. Wow. We still don't know. He hasn't made an announcement who will be Superman yet, but, uh, 78% of critics so far on Rotten Tomatoes for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Not that's pretty bad. low, though. That's low. No, no, man, that sucks. If it was a 20% of critics, then you would know it's an awesome movie. But when critics have 78%, you know the movie's probably going to suck. Uh, sometimes. No, but usually the critics, aren't they usually like over 90% and stuff usually for Marvel movies, the critics? No, not all the time, Chach. No. Usually, I mean, they they kiss Marvel's ass, the critics. Like, it's in... You think? Yeah, I, th- I, I think, what do you call it? Wasn't Eternals, like, crazy had like 90 percent and then they got right like, yeah like critics don't go that low for a marvel movie like that i know of yeah so it might not suck that bad that's good that's a good sign i guess i'm yeah. gonna see it tomorrow so i know i, I can't wait to see it man I, I need to to uh totally totally check this one out and um, i wish they had I mean, better soundtracks for these movies you don't like the you don't, you don't like the 70s you like the 80s that's all right I mean. yeah that would if it had been 80s soundtrack how much better these movies would have been for these three I'm right movies. There with you. I, I hate the 70s. Yeah. Like, anything before the 80s, I'm like, no, thank you. With Eddie, well, the 70s had good songs, but like, they just don't choose the good songs for these movies. Yeah. Let's wait, wait a second. Uh, by newer stuff, I'm more into that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I certainly agree with that. I know that's going to be controversial and not everybody's going to agree with me, but... Oh, I don't definitely agree with you. Same I, love, I love the classic 1970s. I mean, it was a great time, great era. I mean, especially you got a lot of great stars coming out, like David Bowie coming out in the 1970s. You had... Oh, he's fantastic, yeah. Rolling Stones making their big hits. Kiss made their big hits. A lot of these bands in the 1970s. And yeah, all these good bands they don't have in the movie, though. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they have like, hooked on a feeling and like. Uh, on a feeling. But what about what about Led Zeppelin? Led Zeppelin's one of the greatest bands of all time. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Exactly. They were seventies. They they still didn't put Led Zeppelin. And the Eagles. Yeah, we forgot about the Eagles. The Eagles. Seventies. Be with Mac. And I didn't say it was a factual statement. I just don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, some the eighties are still better than I don't care what that says. <laughs> Well, yeah, one particular are better. I have you have to admit that. Yeah. Well, one one um critic from uh, Variety said that Guardians turned out to be one of the most entertaining Marvel movies yet. So that okay. that's that's positive. Oh, that's and the characters had chemistry. Yeah, it's coming from a critic, so I don't know. Okay. Uh, and of course the characters did not take themselves seriously. Um, no, that's which is you know it's a comedy. The crew generally seemed yeah. to enjoy saving the galaxy in a way it was an improvement that's on cool. the Avengers. And much more fun than any of the Fantastic Four movies, but that's not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I can't wait to see well, it. Speaking uh, of that, did you hear about the rumored casting? as like Mia Clunas as a uh, the thing. I was like, why? I mean, that, that was going on the internet. I, I was like, that yet? Okay, I was gonna. I guess it was, I thought you were gonna bring it up. So you brought up Fantastic Four. Well, the Fantastic Four, yeah, I'll jump ahead because I was going to... I thought she so was Fantastic playing. Four, so Mila Kunis is shutting down all the rumors that she will be joining the MCU. She was actually on James Corden, and um, she said if you go to lunch somebody with that's in the industry, you then start working together according to the internet. Hmm. And um, after going to a deli with director Matt Shackman, she oh. explained the next day as somehow in Fantastic Four, you know. That's a thing. She just went to the deli with the director, and all of a sudden, they think that she's going to be in the movie. But she said, um, she, but she insisted she was not in the movie. But she says she knows who is in the movie. She says, I don't mm. want to get in trouble with the Mouse House, but so none of you will find out. But she does know who is. I mean, I, I think she's just denying it. I mean, she's she's going to the deli with Matt Shackman, yeah, the right. director, and they're not a couple, so. What could they be talking about? I I thoroughly hope that that was just a bogus rumor because the idea I, I to piggyback off of what you said, it's they said it was good, there was going to be two things a male and a female and I was like, oh, oh come on. really? Oh. You don't need that. That's not yeah. necessary. I don't I don't necessarily want Mila Kunis as the thing and that's namely because he's supposed to be an enormous rock monster. Yeah. They could change She's it. She's like make... five three. No thanks. That's Unless like they... making um, um, Bane smaller than Batman. It's a terrible yeah. decision. I, yeah. I I agree with that. I mean, and that's not in the comic lore either to have that. So I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. But but seeing her in all these movies makes me feel like a rock monster. Oh really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's 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 fine. She is she's definitely it's fine. The that's what it is. And I watched. That's what I he's watched, talking um, about. You sent me. So Ashton Kutcher is never going to be on the show, is he? 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We're just endorsing what, what he's into. I mean, I guess yeah. it's still... <laughs> he knows how hot she is. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But Chachi, you sent me an interesting article that in consideration for Sue Storm is none other than my favorite of all time, Margot Robbie. Which would which would be amazing. She would also be not only in Marvel, but of course she's already a mainstay in DC as Harley Quinn. Um yeah. that would be amazing. I would love to see her as 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 Sue Storm. Yeah. I mean, um, and the the other rumor is that Adam Driver is in talks to play um, Reed Richards. I can see that. So um, again, these are all rumors. I guess we we're not going to state it like they uh, that that that's you know. What, whatever happened to Krasinski? Did they just kind of like be like, eh, he was no, didn't like him as much. He was a good choice, you know. Yeah, I'm surprised they wouldn't keep um, Krasinski, mm-hmm. you know, maybe keep Krasinski and then maybe have Adam Driver play the Human Torch or something. I don't know. I mean, yeah. um, you know what? he was great. They could get Chris Evans to play the Human Torch again. <laughs> yeah, they could. Oh, yeah, great, <laughs> great. No, they should have did that multiverse of madness. They should have. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. And that would have been oh, a way geez. to bring him back, you know. That would have been totally, totally cool, man. Oh, man. Um, so that's um, that's for the Fantastic Four, and of course, um, news on Blade. Speaking of Marvel, True Detective creator Nick Pizzolatto is set to uh, rewrite the Blade reboot film. Of course, you know uh, that film was pulled. Well, um, I know. I'm still waiting because I was supposed to film on it. And it's like now it's delayed for another couple months. So yeah, it sucks. Yeah. So um, they they're apparently weren't happy with the the script that was written. I don't have who was the original screenwriter. Uh, so production was pulled. It, it was the direct. It was the original director was a screenwriter. Oh, the original de- director. Okay, so they pulled the production. Yeah. And Paul Patty Jenkins. Are... <laughs> Not Patty Jenkins. It, 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 was, it was supposed to start in the. It was supposed to start in November, and then now it's like. Then they said January, and now it's like even pushed back further than that. Yeah. So. <laughs> didn't the um? I don't know how to say his name, so I'm not going to say it. But didn't he, the, the the actor uh, Ali? Didn't he say that like Michelle Ali? Yeah. Yeah, didn't he say it was like a 47 page script with like no action scenes in it? Really? It was something stupid like that, yeah. I I think they were just page. That's not even a pilot length. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, he had had some negative things to say about it like uh, last year. I remember reading that. Yeah. Well, that's not promising because he's a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) And I think he's good. He's He's a good choice because. He does kind of resemble Wesley Snipes, like a younger version of Wesley Snipes. Like, not even that. Although much you could have got Wesley Snipes on the cheap right now, because I mean, I'm sure he's hurting for money. <laughs> he's always hurting for money, is. Yeah, I, I hate to see a remake because, like, the originals I thought were so good. Well, except the third one. The third one was kind of iffy. Well, he made, he made the third one. Yeah. yeah. First and second were really good. Yeah. There's right, one good fact about the third one, and okay. that's that. Um, Jessica Biel legitimately shot a $200,000 camera with an arrow. Really? She's really? up on like a catwalk <laughs> and she's got the bow and she'd actually practiced. And there was like a, like a small hope opening in this like Lexan 
and she managed from like 20 feet away to just put it right in the center nice. of the Jessica Biel. And like, <laughs> it wasn't planned. They didn't think that she was going to be able to do it, but she did. And like, there's actually footage of it where she does it. She's in character and then she just breaks and it's like, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> she is amazing in so many ways. <laughs> All right, we got some news from CinemaCon. This, this is a, an event that took place in Las Vegas on Thursday of some upcoming movies. And uh, Tom Cruise actually presented some footage, 20 minutes of footage for the upcoming Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. So, of course, the we don't get to see the 20 minutes, but the... The lucky people that were there at that panel. I do, got I do like it. Tom Cruise's idea, too. He's going right up against Indiana Jones. So poor Disney. Are they going head-to-head, Indiana They're Jones? They're going to head-to-head, it's yeah. impossible, really? Yeah. Tom Cruise said, I want to go head-to-head with Indiana Jones. So I, I feel bad for Disney. I don't know. I mean, well, it might take some away from it, but I think Disney's going to come out on top, well, of course. Mission Impossible. I don't had... know. I mean, I do, from what I heard about this shoot on Indiana Jones, like I'm not enthused at all. Yep. You know, really they, they're shooting because they had to reshoot everything. It's like, they've been shooting for three years. So they literally just wrapped. Production. They had to reshoot everything because the because it tested so badly. And the, from what I understand is yep. they were going to kill Indiana Jones off in the past, have Fleabag take over everything, have Fleabag do every Indiana Jones event and just give the items back to the original indigenous tribes. It's like that would piss everybody off because oh, then no, Indiana Jones doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. That, that and who who thought that was a good idea when they wrote that? Who script? do you think's in charge of uh, Lucasfilm right now? Yeah, yeah. Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm very afraid about about this movie because you know I, I loved Indiana Jones except for the yeah. Crystal Skull, um, but the other ones I thought were great. Um, yeah. But I mean, this is gonna be the last one, the last time is Indiana Jones. Like, don't don't yeah. fuck it up, Disney. Like, you don't need to hand it off to anybody. You don't need anybody else to take over the reins yeah. and the whip and stuff. You can just end a movie and not milk it to death. You know I, mean, I mean, the only yeah. way one I would have accepted that handing it off to is River Phoenix because he was good as young Indiana Jones, and I think that would have been a good segue. Just go pet, go back instead of going forward. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious to see how the film fares. Um, but yeah, going back to to um, Mission Impossible, that film had three years of production. They started in February 2020, and they had a Ooh. lot of COVID-19 restrictions and issues, and people getting COVID. And that's when that's when Tom had his outburst, you know, his COVID outburst and it just took a long time to finish. They just wrapped production on that. So it's going to smash it. All of them since three have been amazing. Right. It's going to be fantastic. I I have to give him credit. He does all his, I mean, he might be crazy, but he does his own stunts. Yeah. He's insane. Insane. Let's see. Um, Martin Scorsese at CinemaCon got a standing O, the most sustained applause of anyone at CinemaCon for his movie Killers of the Flower Moon. And that's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Lily Gladstone, and Robert De Niro. A lot of the guy, a lot of the you know folks he loves working with. So they'll do a theater run, and then it'll be on Apple TV. So that's a movie to look forward to for sure. John Krasinski was promoting two movies. One was A Quiet Place Day One which is the next installment in the franchise he created. And the other one is a feature film project called If. And uh, If is all about the childhood um, childhood imaginary friends. You know, It centers yeah. on a young girl who is going through a troubling experience after she starts seeing everyone's imaginary friends who have been left behind after their real pals hmm. grew up. 
So Just she, with um, Pennywise? It sounds like it. <laughs> a little bit, right? Really? It, you said? It kind of reminds me of Happy. Happy? Yeah, kind of. Just the idea that you can see your imaginary friend, but she can see everybody. That's yeah. Yeah. Huh. So that's his other film that he's promoting. But you know, not be confused with it. It's if. 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 Okay. If, yes. <laughs> if you see it. Yeah. <laughs> it like well, well, I want to make a film called What or Why. There you go. Every. <laughs> you make a it's got to be so hard. What? Don't cold better be your star. Yes, no yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be so hard to come up with a, a film title nowadays. Everything's been done, used, Everything and stuff. Everything has like, been done. Yes. What was the one you said before that? That was had a weird name. Why? No, no. <laughs> oh, the, the 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 one with the Killers of the Flower Moon. The uh, that one, the, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Killers yes. of the Flower Moon. So there's like there's picking names out of a hat at this point to see. Yeah. Anybody it's used like it before? Movie title generator, maybe. Yeah. Right. Well, how, yeah. About, how about the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes? Because that's the Hunger Games prequel. Yeah. That that also had a CinemaCon. Um, and that trailer looked bananas. I don't know if anyone's seen it. What is that a but, prequel but for? But couldn't it have just been called Snow because it's about snow? So it could have been Snow, but you got to add Hunger Games to it. You know, it's a part of the oh. franchise, and and uh, you know, it's all about snow as as a youth. You know, and it also has Rachel Zegler from West Side Story, who's playing Lucy Graybird. And it's cool because I think it, it takes place in the sixth in like a dystopian 60s. So you have that some of that 60s vibe to it, you know, where you look at the Hunger Games television screens, you know. Um, so it's kind of cool in that in that fashion, you know, um, Hunger Games. Is that, any, is that even considered Earth? Hunger Games? I think it's it was supposed to be originally. It's a dystopian Earth. It is okay. I've actually yeah. never seen them, so I have no idea. You never got into the Hunger Games movies, Wes. Wow. It's not that I didn't get into them; I just never sat down and watched. Okay. Them. Like I do want to see them. I just they're a lot of fun. They're the original Squid Game. <laughs> I've never seen that. Oh, you haven't seen Squid Game? Oh, you're missing out, bro. <laughs> that is just fucking bananas. That was fun. I I spend a lot of times playing video games. Oh, we we know we know <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Uh, what else did we see? Um, we saw Dune Part Two. Um, they just dropped a teaser, a very short teaser, and some promotional posters. The full trailer will be dropping on Wednesday, May third. We got a glimpse of Elvis star Austin Butler, who's playing a terrifying villainous Floyd Routha character, and he's completely bald. Does he uh, sound like Elvis? He doesn't sound like Elvis. Okay, good, because uh, he, he couldn't get rid of that accent to save his life near that for a while. <laughs> Hopefully he has for this character. I mean, Jesus Christ. It took him a while to to shake it off, but I'm really looking forward to seeing the full trailer. Um, and let's talk about, since we uh, were on early last week, we didn't get a t- chance to talk about the Flash trailer, but my God, was that amazing oh, or what? No, what is going to happen with Ezra? They're going to have to, like, Ooh, that's a tough. That's a tough call, man. I think he's done after this. Yeah, I think no, huh? Wes. You don't think? No, you... they've been saying like repeatedly. Well, I shouldn't say repeatedly, but it's been come up a couple times online. Um, and if I'm seeing it, let me just point this. Let me just say this in, in advance. If I see it, it's because it's it's like front and center. I don't go looking for anything that comes out of my mouth. It is it is on Twitter <laughs> or something. So just right. repeat, like spell okay. that first, but. I have seen at least twice where Warner Brothers is happy with 
what he has done to rehabilitate his image. Really? And so from what it sounds like that uh, both him and Momoa are going to be welcomed back into the James Gunn DCU uh, for whatever role they want. So if he, if he wants to keep playing the flash, he will, if he wants to keep playing Aquaman, he will. Um, so, uh, Peter Safini has, I think today I read that he, he will find a role for um, Jason Momoa. So those two are going to stay in. Interesting. In I, I did hear about Momoa and that, that he will reprise his role as Aquaman yeah. and, and that maybe Aquaman two could be, you know, part of the like the beginning of the DCU of if that film goes. Blue Beetle is supposed to be the beginning. Blue Beetle is the beginning. Yeah, well, I wanted to say I read that recently, but really? I, I'm, not, I'm like 80 yeah. percent sure. That's, that's and what Flash is the movie that ends it and resets it. Yeah, which so kind of makes yeah. sense. It's already Flashpoint anyway, so. Yeah, and um, you know, it was great to see Michael Keaton as Batman. He got he got a lot of uh, screen time yeah. in this trailer. You I mean, know, is he going to come back? Uh, do you think in the James Gunn universe? I mean, as the older Batman, like for like a Batman Beyond, if they ever decide mm-hmm. to make that film. Well, he, they're doing I the see that. they're doing the Brave and the Bold, which is kind of DCU's first Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not sure if they're going to include Michael Keaton. Because I mean, if they go with the older Batman, he's fine for it, and then you, well, he's, you perfect. Cool. Mm-hmm. he's perfect. He's perfect. Well, Michael Keaton wants to do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, yeah. that's the most important thing. He wants to do it. Yeah, he wants to do it, and like, and he was. I heard he was pissed that they weren't going to do it. Like, that's that's his money on the table, and and the scenes you probably see in the trailer are probably like most of his scenes that are going to be in the movie. You think? I think. Yeah, no. I think they really like went. Well, he was on. heavily in Batgirl, and they they nixed that. So it's like, so I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, Disney to do like a a Batman um three, with um Tim Burton and Michael Keaton. I think that's is he, is he actually going to be in Aquaman too, or do they switch him out with Affleck? Because I heard rumors they switched him out with Affleck because it came out later. Affleck's definitely yeah. in um, the uh, the next Aquaman. Um, I want to say the, so. Yeah, because I mean, I heard originally filmed with Keaton, so I guess they swapped him out because I mean, it was took place after it was supposed to take place like after, and somehow it's taking place before now. So, I mean, Affleck's in um, Flashpoint. Yeah. He's in Flashpoint. Yeah, I've, yeah, seen, exactly. I've seen the trailer with like you saw him speaking yeah. and it's so all like, well, who knows? <laughs> yeah. They also spoiled in the Japanese trailer. Um, there's an international trailer of the Flash that Barry Allen is sh- uh, shown screaming at his doppelganger with a small dark shard coming on his right sho- shoulder, and that's actually the film's main villain, Dark Flash. So Dark Flash is the main villain. You see that shard in the international trailer, kind of giving that away. But uh, I don't know if that's a spoiler or not. But uh, if you read the um, Flashpoint, um, that I believe that Dark Flash was the folk uh, was the main villain of that that uh, story. First uh, Flash was the main villain. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. So yeah, um, looking forward to that one. Um, and you mentioned you're a gamer, Wes. Gran Turismo just dropped the trailer. Looked pretty. I didn't awesome. even know they're making that movie. I mean, I Did, didn't play those games all that much. I'm just yeah. never much of a game guy, but. Yeah, yeah I, I just I didn't see the trailer, but I saw like a screenshot and then um, what's his name? Uh, David uh, Harbour. Um, yeah, David, David Harbour. Yeah. And I was like, I like that actor. I, how would I know? Why did I know about this? Yeah, it's kind of a cool premise how it's like a gamer kid that basically is thrust into the real world of racing. And because he's so good at Gran Turismo, they think he can handle from the video game to an actual uh, you know, race <laughs> race car. You know, that's which is kind of wild. <laughs> crazy yeah. i mean they're making twisted metal 
Yeah. I mean, it's like we well, we all know crazy ass concept. We yeah. all know that 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 video games definitely draw money. Um, you know, Super Mario Brothers is definitely uh, proof um, of that. You're gonna see all. I mean, look at that. What's on TV? I mean, look how much yeah. money they made. Yep. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Last of Us is another uh, good good uh, um, example as well. Uh, we also saw the Transformers Rise of the Beast trailer, uh, the newest uh, trailer. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> well, see, I'm I'm confused about that because like Bumblebee made it look like, hey, we're getting right to G1, and they're like, hey, let's skip G1 and get right to Beast Wars. It's like that makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, it's all about the Beast Wars, and we, of course we heard uh, Pete Davidson. He's doing voiceover work for one of the Transformers. Um, ay ay ay. Uh, Ron Perlman voices <laughs> Optimus Primal, the leader who transforms That's- into a gri- uh, gorilla, which is pretty cool. And Michelle Yeoh voices Air Razor, a warrior who transforms into an energy-breathing perigene falcon. Wow. And I don't understand, like, using all these celebrities to voice these cartoons yes, and I stuff. Yes, I agree, I agree. Animated stuff. Because, like, I mean, I watched, you know, Transformers growing up, and I had no idea who anybody was. Yeah, you voice. know, like, yeah, Frank Welker, I mean, like, for Megatron, I mean, he's the original voice actor. I mean, right, yeah. you need to, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree, Chachi. I mean, I think like Super Mario Brothers didn't have to have Chris Pratt on and Taylor Joy. They could have yeah. cast no. any well-known voice actor and made just as much money. Yeah, I, I, think, people, I think so. You could pick an up-and-comer unknown to yes. be the next best thing. Instead of having celebrity, 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 they did it for game shows. They're doing it for animation. Yeah, Not celebrities is needed to carry an entire product. I agree. I it's agree. Like, I, I, I think Drew better than Vin Diesel. Yeah, like, what was the I last think... time a game show host that wasn't an already established comedian, an actor, a director, or a right. sports star? Yeah. Where are those new and up Well, for game shows, uh, the, the, I think because it's a live action. Well, you kind of have Steve Harvey. Yeah. He kind of like just the host host. He's not like yeah. a... Yeah. I don't think you need the face, but for a game show, I think yes. I think it helps to have a face, in my opinion. I mean, but back in the day, so when the 80s and the 70s game shows, they were all either newsmen or up-and-comers. Oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. were the big namers mm-hmm. that were already established with a career. Like Drew Carey was on the Drew yeah, Carey. Yeah, you're like, a, like, like Pat Sajak. He's from Baltimore. Wasn't he like a news guy in Baltimore? No, he was yeah. from Buffalo. Um, then oh, he went to Los Angeles, and Mark Griffin found him when he was on KNBC in Los Angeles. Oprah Winfrey. Okay, I thought he was from Baltimore, though. I thought he was born in Baltimore. No, no, no. Or, he from or did he just live in there? No, he was okay. from Chicago. He lives there now. Went to the Army. Okay. Then then maybe that's what it is. Nashville, and then he went to So Australia. he's been all over. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A um, couple more movie t- things before we wrap up uh, movies. Uh, go take a classic cut break. Uh, Pedro Pascal joins the Gladiator sequel, along with Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things. Okay, so both both are in talks. Pedro Pedro has joined. Joseph Quinn is in talks to join, so he, he is uh, probably going to join, I'm sure. But uh, the previous announced cast, of course, is uh, Paul Mescal, Denzel Washington, Barry Keoghan, Connie Nielsen. Um, so this is a sequel to Ridley Scott's 2000 Oscar-winning blockbuster. So, so is it going to be a different one, or is it going to? Are they going to still bring back the original? Now, I don't see Russell Crowe's name in in this, uh, so I'm very curious. The original script hey. I saw for uh, two was like weird. It was like time travel where he'll become like a hero in all generations. Right. 
Like you go to Vietnam and all kinds of stuff. Well, he's not yeah, in the gladiator shape right. anymore either. He's not in gladiator shape. No. Yeah. no. no. <laughs> Sadly, that's true. Yeah, he's not. Um, and it's all about reboots, as you know. Um, oh, don't say that. Sylvester Stallone wants to reboot his 1993 action thriller Cliffhanger. That'd be a sequel, right? Yeah, I guess. Wait, so. wait, he's, yeah. he's already done that. Remember the Paramount commercial where he's hanging off his own face? Yeah. Okay, that, that's kind of playing that character. And... So that would be fun to see. Um, but I'm really excited about this one. Vince Vaughn set to return to his 2004 comedy Dodgeball. Which, really? Uh, oh, yeah, that was gonna be good. I love that. I want to see Dodgeball. I want to see Wedding Crashers, and I want to see Old School. Th- those comedies that came out in the early 2000s are absolutely brilliant. I would love to see more of those. Actually, can they still be funny way. nowadays? That's yeah. What, yeah. I, I think Dodgeball can. I mean, I, wedding, wedding Crashers. I don't know. That's a good point, man. Can they still be funny? Because I mean, that was number two. Like, I thought it, it was decent, but nowhere near like the first one. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah and, then, and the Zoolander two was awful. Yeah, that's true. It's hard to do sequels to comedy. Yeah. Like I, I can't think of a single comedy that the sequel was better than the original. You, we, we brought we brought this up yeah. before in the show. Yeah, and it was it was tough. Well, I don't know. Airplane two was. I don't know. Do you think Airplane two was better than Airplane one? I don't know. Airplane one's quite away more. Sort of. Well, Bill and Ted's uh, two was argued to be better than Bill and Ted's one. Yeah, it was, but it wasn't I better. Still, I mean, it was. I still like it. Was decent. I thought it was good. I mean, it was a. It's probably the best way you could do a sequel because that was so much different than the first one. Okay. The original Bill and Ted was going to be like they were going to go like throughout history and find like like I think like little literary um figures in history and do another book report yeah. or something like that and yeah. that got scrapped. Luckily, that would have been just a rehash of the first one. This went. Did they do that for the TV show? Because I remember that was a short-lived thing. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah they probably did. So part three, I thought, wasn't that good. Um, and um, yeah. what else? You know, if they have Spaceballs 2, I think with all the like the stuff they could do nowadays, I think that would be better than Spaceballs 1. I mean, think about how much stuff they could make fun of now with the sci-fi stuff. Yeah, yeah I'm surprised they haven't done that yet. Uh, he can't get the money because... Uh, because people are trying to cancel him because he's not woke. Nope. <laughs> no, Brooks. Oh, really? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> he's got he's been trying to make it for years, but I mean, it's like he just can't get the funding, apparently. And they have yeah. to do it soon because he's not getting any younger. And he well, doesn't sure want to either. He doesn't want to edit the script either to make it more acceptable. But, and uh, okay. but you know, two of the stars that are gone no longer with us for the start when Spaceballs. Yep. That's another good point, too. Yep. Um, yeah, but you can have you can have like a Ray. You can have like <laughs> you can make a Ray to make fun of. Yeah, uh, the he can make street... fun of all the new movies. He doesn't even, he need. He can have a Ripley from Alien. Who knows? It's like there's so much you can do. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Street Fighter movie as uh, they just uh, uh, they have a Australian twin filmmaker duo, um, Danny oh, yeah. and Michael Filippo. Um, Filippo. What? <laughs> What's his name? I don't know. They're from Australia. They're twins. <laughs> They're going to be directing the next Street Fighter. Philippe. Yeah, Philippe. Philippe. Same character. Come uh, on, you can't, you can't recreate the magic of the original Street Fighter movie. Uh, yeah, Raul Julio was I'm pretty kidding. good. I'm kidding. It was bad. Yeah, it was bad. Although Raul Julio did a great job as the M. Bison, the rest of it kind of was like, eh. Especially yeah. while dying of cancer. Because that's he was dying of cancer while doing that movie. 
Raul Julia was? was dying of cancer when he was doing yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. He was legitimately like on his way out when filming that, and he wanted and to it was leave a, something for his kids. That's right. It was his wow. last film. You're yeah. right. Although I do think it was kind of funny they used uh, John Claude Van Damme to play an American hero. It's like, what is the logic <laughs> behind that? <laughs> 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 that's a good point. It was the second time he played an American. <laughs> Who's supposed to be the main character of uh, this new? That's a very sequel. good, very good question. They, the very little information has been released oh. about, um, okay. other than it's going to be based on your your favorite video game and this uh, twin filmmaker duo are behind it. They did the movie Talk to Me. I'm, you know, I'm not really familiar, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. I mean, I like the Mortal, the recent Mortal Kombat was was pretty good. So yeah, that was good. Yeah. No, no? you didn't think so, Wes? Oh. No, oh my god, don't get me started on how awful of a protagonist Cole was. The only yeah. likable character was Kano. Everyone else was useless. Kano was cool. I hate that movie. Kano so, was really cool, yeah. Like, if the movie would have been the first 18 minutes, I'd have been like, that was the best Mortal Kombat movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm gonna get through these last ones super quick. So uh, upcoming in production, Taika Waititi's um, Sony 3000 Pictures. Wait a Clara- second, I, I have an idea. Why, why doesn't Taika Waititi play uh, the thing? Because he's already played a rock monster. There you go. Yeah. See, I have a perfect rock. I, see, I already saw their casting <laughs> dilemma. <laughs> Anyways, the next movie is called Clara and the Sun, based on the Kazuo Ishiguro novel. So look at oh, that. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, you know that one. My favorite novel. And Zoe Deutsch will be joining Nicholas Holt and Tony Collette in Clint Eastwood's feature, Juror Number Two. And you can believe Clint Eastwood is still directing movies at 92 years old. It's supposed to be his last one, right? I think so. Oh, I think it's his last. I one. thought the last one was supposed to be his last one, but oh, really? I hope no. He's yeah, this... retire in Hollywood. Yeah. I, mean, I love his movies, so as long as he can make them, I'm happy. I mean, mm-hmm. 90, 92 directing a movie. I mean, that's incredible. It's incredible. Incredible. Well, like, I heard the way cool. he does it. He doesn't really, like. He's like really specific. Like he gets one take. He doesn't like like doing multiple takes. He doesn't do multiple takes. Well, he don't have time he to fuck like around. That's why. Takes. Yeah, he don't have time to fuck around. He's like, I'm 90 years old. It's one take. Let's go. <laughs> he's not trying to do it. He's not trying to do it 12 to 15. No, he's not. He has no time for that bullshit. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's got he's got to get to get to the early bird special at like four for dinner. <laughs> and like, I mean, he can still beat any one of asses on this uh-huh. show. I'm sure. Uh, Jason Reitman is doing a movie based on Saturday Night Live from 1975. Interesting. I think that's really, really interesting. As you know, he directed cool. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, so why doesn't he do another Ghostbusters movie? Because, I mean, I kind of like that he did a good job on the last one. They're making another one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are they? They are. Okay. Oh, yeah. It, I, are they in production? Yeah, but he's not involved, though, I don't think, yeah, right? they're in production because um, I remember – one of the TTMs for Paul Rudd, they're filming in England, so it's still... And there were some pictures of William Atherton, Walter Peck... Yeah, I saw that. Oh, man. So, yeah, they're, they are in production. That's pretty cool. Interesting. And, Does uh, he still they, have no dick? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> they better make that joke. 40 years later. <laughs> maybe maybe he'll be like a woman now. Wait, wait, wait a second, wait okay. a second. I hate to this. This might get me canceled, but could he be right, trans? Because then he surely would have to have no dick. Oh boy, here we go. Here we <laughs> That's go. Too far. That's an too old West Sunny joke. That's not a Ghostbusters joke. 
<laughs> He's so controversial, Paul. Um, <laughs> uh, now we know why Damon Lindelof is is done with uh, Star Wars. Apparently, he was asked to leave. So apparently, he had a script for the film that Charmaine Abade Chinoy will be directing. And apparently, um, yeah, they he turned in the script and they asked him to leave. They weren't happy with the script. <laughs> so well, there was uh, no Ray. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so now they yeah, have how a bad, script with Ray. Yeah. Hey, how bad could a script be if, um, if they fire you <laughs> when you turn it in <laughs> for Star Wars? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. How horrible. No, you, you know, wait, 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 wait. You got it all wrong. The script was probably great. It might have been. And they want a worse script. That's what it is. Right, yeah. The script too good. <laughs> I mean, that, that script would have been the greatest Star Wars movie of all time. But right. the current administration for Star Wars is like, hey, let's put out the worst <laughs> crap we have. Yeah. We need more. We need more Rose and Jar Jar on this script. That's your girl, Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. And um, I want to throw one more thing before we take a classic cut break, and that's a writer's strike, because that's going to affect oh. a lot of television and stuff. And uh, as you know, for the first time in 15 years, Hollywood's, Hollywood's writers are going on strike. And well, you know what the funny thing is? I noticed this, but late night hosts are all off this week because the writer's right. strike. That's so the first thing affected. That tells you how little talent these late night hosts have. Nobody no, has, has original ideas. Talent. It's quick turnaround. It does, has anything, think about it. Anybody could do a late night show. All you have to do is do some one or two yeah. jokes. I, I bet you you could get do it it's, like it's different. Jay Leno would not be off no, right now. Jay no. Leno could come up with a no, I think the guys are it's all the turnaround, happy. Paul. You know, like scripted television. Yeah, that take you know. They, a lot of scripted television um, shows may not be affected, but yeah. But if you're comedian, you can wing it. Yeah, like you know what I mean. So it's like a lot of the old comedians, Jane Carson winged it. I mean, Leno winged it. I mean, these other guys they don't need writers. Yeah, and of all the news and topics that happen in a day, and then to take all those news, turn around to just a few sound bites. Sometimes for people, it's mm-hmm. not. I mean, it's that it's possible. Yeah, but I think Conan did it because Conan was a writer and he could handle his own jokes because he was a comedian too. A lot of these com- comedians nowadays are just going with other people's jokes and other people's things. It's just, they just don't have the talent. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel's like switching all over the place. Same with Colbert. It's like you can tell they're just reading other people's yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I'll, I'll read off the list of what's been affected. So Jimmy Kimmel Live, The Late Show, The Tonight Show, Real Time with Bill Maher, This Week Tonight, Gutfield, The Daily Show, and Saturday Night Live, and James Corden late late so, show. So this is the best thing ever happened to us, I think. It sounds like the strike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, it's amazing. The, James Corden's last show was right before the strike, so he's able to to do his uh, final show. As you know, he's he's quitting his uh, talk show. I thought uh, he got fired. He's no, scared. he's quitting. He he wanted to spend That's more good. time with his family in London. Okay. You know, and his kids growing up. He said at at his age, he's only going to want to hang out with his dad for probably about six to seven years, is what he said. You know, when he turns like eighteen or whatever. So once he turns eighteen, he's not going to want to hang out with his dad as much. You know. Yeah. I've never met James Corden, but I have heard. Uh, it's none of it's confirmed, obviously. There's nobody I know personally, but I've always heard he's a huge jerk. Really? I've heard That's a lot so of stories too. Yeah. You know, I heard about that story about the he was rude to the staff at the, a restaurant and he was banned. So that that kind of goes with what you're saying. That it's he seems like it would be probably why he wants to hang out with his kid right now because eventually they're going to go. Oh, my dad's a huge dick. <laughs> there you go. There you go. No, so but these writer strikes, 
like this writer's strike. I remember like back in the eighties um, when they had the writer's strike, and it killed so many different good TV shows. Yeah. But well, even show- the nineties, there were some like I mean, there were some good That's shows. Awesome. What is it, the forty forty four hundred? That was a great show. And they said the only reason it got canceled is because uh, the writer's strike because they couldn't finish it out. Yeah, you had like Moonlighting with um, Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd, and that that mm-hmm. had a couple of great seasons, and then went down the hill off the writer's strike, and this became awful. You had all, the, all these scab writers they brought in. I think this happened yeah. to a lot of the TV shows back then. So there are some Heroes scripted shows. Heroes got screwed because of uh, the writer's strike back in the day. The first season of Heroes was amazing, and then like they oh, got yeah. 12 episodes. That was season the two. Yeah, right. Oh, that's, so that's what that's what happened to Heroes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the oh, strike, yeah, yeah you're uh, right. That's 2008. That was back when television was like 23 to 26 episodes. So yeah. They got through. Yeah. Heroes, I liked Heroes a lot, so I know stupid oh, I, loved, I loved heroes yeah but the first season not the second do, oh, sh- come on paul come on uh, they wanted to do the uh different like multiple arcs so like um the second season was gonna have like 98 percent of the population die and um the one chick with the black eyes mm-hmm. i don't remember her name but um she was gonna end up being the big hero of season two she was gonna end up pulling all of that virus into her and mm-hmm. saving the population but it was gonna have three different uh major arcs and they had to wrap it up in 12 episodes wow mm. that's interesting to hear but there are some scripted shows that w- will be affected um abbott elementary cobra cry season six. Oh fuck you serious yeah rap shit <laughs> and yellow jackets um because i think they're about to start production or something they're um, now, House of the Dragon is going to be unaffected because even though they are in production, they already wrote all their scripts, so they're all okay. It's going to be okay. But yeah, that's a little uh, a little distressing, and hopefully, it's not a long strike. Because if it's a long strike, then we're dealing with production like, delays. But what's yeah. what's taking so long for Cobra Kai to write their damn season? I, I thought it was already filming now. I they thought must they have had the it. treatment. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. well, take your time and wait for the, the good writers to come back. Don't get these horrible scab writers. Mm-hmm. You don't want the or, down. or yeah. send all these new writers to The Witcher and fix it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we could also send them to Disney, too. And now we still have Kennedy in charge of that one. Oh, right? boy. Well, John Hurts from Cobra Kai said, we hate to strike, but if we must, we strike hard. This is uh, your boy, Chachi. <laughs> no writers on set. These aren't fun times, but it's unfortunately necessary. So there you all go. Right. So... Anyways, I think it's a good time to take a classic cut break, and I believe are we are we saying goodbye to uh, Dean and Chachi? Yes. Yeah, I'm sadly we are. Edit and a uh, interview to prep for tomorrow morning, so I have to. Very fine. This. Yeah, me and Dean are going out for drinks. Oh, yeah. you need to go for drinks. So <laughs> yes. Paul and I will talk wrestling when we get there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right, Chachi. I'm sure you want to hear your. Uh, I do. Uh, classic cut theme song, right? Yep. All right, so here we go. We're ready for it. Where's Where my dog at? at? It is time for I King Chachi's can... Classic Cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi. Yeah, that's right. Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's classic cut, where each and every week that I'm here, uh, reaching to our dusty archives of music, 
pull out a cassette tape and play it for your listening pleasure. And this week is no different. Um, and you know the song I picked, Al. Um, any That's idea right. why I picked it? Yeah, this is a uh, deep cut. Jay Gale's band, Centerfold. Right. But you know I why I picked know the, it? I don't you know, know the tie-in, though. Yeah. I do not know There's the always tie-in. a tie-in. There's always a tie-in. Okay. All right. Well, we're here recording on a Tuesday. Tomorrow is going to tomorrow night's going to be the last episode of the Goldbergs. And um, oh. yes, yes. And this show, this show started in 2013, which is hard to believe. September 24th, 2013. And for many years, is one of my favorite sitcoms on TV. Um, and it hasn't been so like probably for the last four seasons. This is the tenth season now. I never thought it would go that far, but the show was you know created by Adam F. Goldberg, and um, you know the, the main character was him as a child, and like and it is also his family members um, on the show. So the people portraying his family members growing up in the eighties. So it had the show had a lot of heart. Like it really took aspects of his life, of real stuff that happened in his life, and you know made it into a, a sitcom. And like when he was a kid, he would film um, stuff in his life and they used a lot of the real footage uh, that he shot and they would show it at the end and they would recreate a lot of the, sh- um, the footage that he um, that he used and the different outfits he wore like in his childhood and different toys he played with and different scenarios with his family. So it was a really great show until Adam F. Goldberg left for whatever reason about four seasons ago and the show really went down the hill and it stopped um, – Using his footage to stop being based on his real life, you know, and that was like the real heart. Maybe of the, the writers show. quit before the writers first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they saw it coming. Right? Yeah. Why well, didn't they cancel the dad too? Wasn't that? Yeah, like... oh, yeah. Yeah. So like you know, um, George Segal um, passed away like a few years ago, and he was like you know definitely you know the heart of the show, playing mm-hmm. pops. He's a you know great actor, and yeah. I went back and watched the um, pilot episode today just to remember how good it was during the first season. And when it started, it was going to be called um, How the F Am I Normal? And then they, they changed the title to How the Hell Am I Normal? And then they changed it to the Goldbergs, which I thought was a good choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, 10 seasons, that's a long time for any show. And, you know, um, our girl, uh, Wendy um, McClendon-Covey, um, we yeah. interviewed her in the past. And She's Sean awesome. um, Gambroni, um, we interviewed him when he was – we met him at um, – the creative dinner Fair when Coalition. he was like and Haley yep. Orantia, don't forget her. Yep, we, we yeah. met Sean when he was like I, I think it was right after his first season. So he was a real little kid. I remember like um, going up to him, asking him um, for a photo with him, and he was like, "Yeah, sure." Like he was like super excited. Something he was asking him <laughs> to get a photo with him. He was very and, excited. You know, right, and, and you know that was like after the first season, so we had no idea that this show would go on for ten years. And I've watched every episode, and I'll still watch the final of tomorrow course. night, even though it hasn't been as good in the last four years. Um, it was definitely. Has been time to end. But and watching the first episode tonight, this was a, the very first song they ever played on um, episode oh, one. Oh, nice. Yeah, the very oh, first cool. 80s song. Yeah, yeah. And like, um, and that, th- this was like the pilot episode. And so like they didn't even say like 1980s something for the year. They just said this is September or whatever. And they didn't say 1980s something where they ended up saying the rest of the whole um, series. But this is Jay Gow's band, Centerfold, which um, I know, Al, you said you enjoy the video. Oh, the music video was great. Some hot like about girls. It. Okay, the yeah. girls, the girls. <laughs> first, well, rest right. in peace to the Goldbergs. Um, you know, definitely oh, missed right. um, Jeff Garland on the show. Like watching the pilot episode, he was hilarious as um, Murray, the father. Yeah, um, it's a shame. It's a shame. The show's really been lacking without him, and it's, it's kind of becoming like the Wendy show now. 
she's like the main character. But but it's yeah. a long run. Yeah, it's a long run. So hundred no, it was like actually two hundred and twenty eight two hundred and twenty eight episodes. It says in the two hundred. Wow, that's oh, a lot geez. of episodes I watched. Yeah. So this is a good dedication to Jay Giles Band Centerfold yeah. to, uh, for the class, classic cut. Yeah, first Ross, song of the Goldbergs. Yeah, we're gonna say goodbye to Chachi McFly of the King of the Eighties and Dean yeah. on the scene Rogers of the Rogers Review. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we will be back, myself, Wes, and Big Paul to talk television and wrestling. So uh, oh, yeah. we'll be right back here on VTV. Right. Enjoy, guys. All See All right, the Jay Giles Band, Centerfold, uh, which was featured in the Goldbergs' first episode. And as Chachi the King the 80s mentioned, the show is finally coming to the end after so many seasons. Um, but That's still hanging out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a long run, right? Yeah. Not as, bad, not as much as a Simpsons, though. <laughs> well, I think animation is a completely oh. different animal, you know? Yeah. But still hanging oh, out. Futurama's coming back. Did that come back yet? And I haven't seen Futurama? it Futurama? Yes, we, we talked to the man himself, uh, Billy West from um, Futurama, and, and it will That's be cool. it's it's in it's in production, you know, right now. So did they work things out with Joe DiMaggio, or is he still kind of? I'm not sure about that. Because that, sure. that was the thing. Not Joe DiMaggio. Don, is Joe, no, Joe DiMaggio is the main problem. John DiMaggio. <laughs> Joe DiMaggio yeah, is no. the, uh, the uh, <laughs> NFL Hall of Famer. <laughs> But still hanging out here on BTB, myself, Darth Paul Wallace, and the one and only right, Wes Whitlock. Yeah, the Sith Lord and Wes Whitlock here. All right. Um, Netflix. Netflix, we got um, a movie um, called Average Height, Average Build, um, which is going to be Adam. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's going to be Adam McKay, uh, who did the Don't Look Up movie. And I think we oh, talked okay. about this a little bit on uh, Below the Belt show. But um, they just confirmed the cast: Robert Pattinson, Amy Adams, Robert Downey Jr. That's the uh, one I heard. About. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they, I think, last time they were in negotiations when we talked about. It. I think you were on 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 that panel, Wes, when we first talked yeah, about. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that now movie they're... was crazy. Don't look up was fucking nuts. Yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> that thing was a roller coaster. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it will be directed and written by uh, by Adam McKay. So, we'll, uh, you know, he's he's all about satire, as you know. So expect uh, yeah. a very similar type of uh, type of film for that. Uh, let's see. The Diplomat um, apparently is the number one um, viewed show this week on Netflix um, with over 66 million hours viewed. And of course, no surprise, they're getting a second season. Um, Sweet Tooth, the number two show on Netflix. Um, Firefly Lane uh, was the number three film. And um, yeah, actually, I, I have a question. Sweet Tooth, would that get confused with Twisted Metal? <laughs> you think? <laughs> Samoa Joe's gonna be the. He's gonna be Sweet Tooth. Uh, is he? <laughs> he's how, how, not no, doing the voice, just the um. Oh, just the okay, bottom. I see what you're saying. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'll try to see the, the association with that. And um, Night Agent and Beef round up the top five on Netflix. So I haven't seen a Beef yet. Uh, I definitely want to check it. I heard really great things about that show. Um, and the next Ryan Murphy monster series, as you know, Dahmer is very successful. Next one will be based on the Menendez murders, the Menendez brothers who were convicted of murdering their parents in 1996. You know what's crazy? I have like a basketball card. And apparently, like, they have a photo of the Melendez brothers behind, like, I forget who it was. I think it was, it was a Lakers, I know, a Knicks game or something. And they're on the card, like, supposedly went, like, a day after they killed their parents. Like, they were courtside. So they have them, like, in the background of this basketball card. Oh, my God. That's insane. That's insane trivia. I had no idea. But now they're going to be glamorized in in this uh, show on Netflix. You, You have to wonder, like, it's. It is kind of glamorizing these these uh, serial killers, you know, these uh, crazy people. Um, and then there's an un, untitled comedy series on Netflix with Adam Brody and Kristen Bell, um, which um, is centered on the unlikely relationship between an outspoken agnostic woman and an unconventional rabbi. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting uh, opposites attract kind of uh, comedy. There. I can see Kristen Bell doing a good job with what what you just said yeah she can do anything she's such a cutie patootie she's uh and a great actress i think she's a little fantastic um, i, mean, I you, do like fanboys and um forgetting sarah marshall oh, a lot God, sarah marshall <laughs> don't let's not forget heroes wasn't it great to see kristen bell in heroes as well all right yeah, she's what? the electricity chick yes oh man she's a she's a longtime favorite for sure if you missed Air in the Theaters, the um, the biopic based on Air Jordans, it'll land on Amazon Prime on May 12th. So look out I for that. I did, in fact, not see that. Yeah. Oh, you did see you it? You know what? Somebody needs to make no, a movie I back. I did, in fact, oh. not see it. <laughs> I did, in fact, not see it. Okay. <laughs> the last I think I'm going to make a movie about Chuck Taylor because nobody knows who Chuck Taylor is and nobody knows anything about those shoes. Well, there you go. I think you should There's follow There's a wrestler suit. named Chuck Taylor. Is he related to Chuck Taylor All-Stars back in... I highly doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> you remember those now, don't you? The Converse ones? I don't of even think they make the them Converse. anymore. Yeah. They just still call like, them Chucks. Yeah. That's why yeah. they call the Converse Chucks. Yeah, yeah, because he was the, the original guy who... Fun fact. When I was a wrestler, I actually wore leather high-top black Chucks under my kick pads. Oh, that's pretty cool. Did you? Yeah. I... I I think I still have them somewhere in my As closet. opposed to wrestling boots, you you opted for all black Converse. Well, they were leather, so I mean, like when they, they but they also were high top, so like yeah. they were probably like maybe like ten eyelets tall. So um, okay, they went under uh, yeah. uh, a really well. I didn't. I never had wrestling boots. Um, as a guy who was going to kick people in the face a lot, I wanted more flexibility in my uh, yeah. In- yeah, yeah. You don't want it to be too stiff because I mean. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense to have the. Yeah, it surprises me that more wrestlers don't wear tennis shoes. You know, uh, those guys that Cena used to all the time, didn't he? Cena, Cena did. Yeah, Cena did, but it, he wasn't kicking anybody. But uh, um, a lot of guys that wore kick pads, like not Jericho, but uh, a lot of them would wear um either high top or low cut um tennis shoes um because it 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 fit better under the kick pad as well. Interesting. Okay. What were you saying about Shawn Michaels? Uh, Shawn Michaels, I thought wore cowboy boots. Uh, occasionally, but he had um motocross boots. 
Is that what it was? Okay. I knew he was wearing or, boots. Or that but... style, I should say. Maybe mm-hmm. not actual girls because they're plastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we, before we segue into wrestling, uh, we'll get back to wrestling because we definitely yeah. want to talk some stuff there. Uh, uh, Apple TV, uh, apparently they're renewing uh, the morning show for season four. My gosh. Wow. Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. And um, if you were a fan of 911, which is Fox's high, highest rated scripted series, which is crazy, they, Fox decided not to renew their highest rated scripted oh, series. Okay. Well, don't they have like five different 911s right now? Well, it's now moving They're, to ABC. So yeah, okay. it's, it's just it's just so weird. Well, well, I mean, but uh, yeah, but I think they have like a little 911s, don't they? 911 like Lone Star. Yeah, lo- the Lone Star with Rob Lowe is going to stay on Fox. But the that's, original that is going to be weird because you're going to have one of them on one show and yeah, on one of- it's like the same universe. It's so weird. I don't know. Well, it, it, that makes no sense to me. And then like, Dancing with the Stars, they decided to go back to ABC because apparently people weren't watching on Disney Plus. It's it's a network television show. You know, it makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. All right. Um, this is, I guess, something that I enjoy watching. You know, and it's Met Gala and Monday night at. The Metropolitan Museum of Art. Um, they had this annual event where it tracks so many of Hollywood's A-list, and it was all dedicated to Carl Lagerfeld. Um, the light Chanel designer was was the focus and the theme. As you know, they have to have a theme, and uh, not just some of the the, the comments of some of the uh, um, elaborate elaborate costumes and gowns and and whatever that we saw um so kind of like the stuff from the hunger games yeah <laughs> yeah it, it, it could be com- com- compared to that yeah the mandalorians pedro pascal uh he uh wore shorts in a uh, all red suit um bears his legs in a, uh, a shorts look by valentino which is really interesting um uh Kim if i wanted something like that i would wear jeans and a t-shirt just because that's just what I would do. <laughs> well, you got to stick with the theme, Paul. You have it's a pop, that is pop. my theme with jeans and a t-shirt. No, no, you have to stick with the theme of the of the of whatever it is. Okay, it has to be something with Karl Lagerfeld. You know. Okay. Did he ever Carl make La- jeans and t-shirts? <laughs> well, if you could make <laughs> jeans and t-shirt look like something that Karl Lagerfeld would wear. I mean, you got Kim Kardashian, and she was like dripping in pearls, even though we saw a movie where she's dripping in something else. Um, yeah. <laughs> One of history's great comebacks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, Anne Hathaway looked amazing, amazing in her Versace. I have to admit that. Lizzo, you know, I mean, she she, she attempted to, to, to do her thing, I guess. <laughs> You're going to get us canceled, Al. You have to be careful of that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch it, so I'm, uh, I saw a couple things I on Twitter, doing the- but- you didn't see it, right? But but she's doing her thing, you know. I, you know, I'm, I'll be. I'll, I will state my honest opinion of what I've seen on the carpet. You know, um, Phoebe Bridgers looks smoking. I just love her real edgy look. She's got the gray hair going. Like you know, these young chicks that color their hair gray. It's kind yeah. of kind of a cool phenomenon, I guess. Um, Julia Garner from Ozark. Wow, she's stunned in a white silk gal- uh, Gucci gown. And. Uh, very Wednesday Adams, Jenna Ortega, pretty much staying in character, uh, her Wednesday Adams character, um, in a Tom Brown dress. Um, it's literally something I could see her character, Wednesday Adams, wearing. So she looked really good as well. 
Um, and uh, interesting, <laughs> some of the oh, Margot Robbie. Whew. I can't, I cannot say enough things about Margot Robbie. She wowed the entire. She was my favorite. Well, she usually does. I mean, yeah, she usually does of what she does, but her dress that she wore, oh my god, and just, just, oof, she's just so sexy. Um, and you know, um, there were some actually weird things. So those are like the glamorous or whatever. But then the weird stuff was Doja like Cat. Doja Cat. That's <laughs> I saw right. pictures of that. Doja <laughs> Cat. Paul, she, she had literally a like prosthetic cat face. That's right. That's yeah. right. It was all about the cats. One of them, yes, yeah. was Doja Cat with the prosthetics. <laughs> very, very odd-looking prosthetics, but it looked made her look very cat-like alien. In addition, we had an actual cat in a big, giant white cat costume and Jared Leto, um, which was... Or, a, I mean, were they, were they trying to be in the movie Cats? <laughs> I don't know. You know a lot of um, Karl Lagerfeld stuff is very uh, monochromatic, so a lot of people wore black and white. Yeah, it seemed like that that was kind of like with some splashes of red. You know what? I would wear a referee shirt because that's black and white. (laughs) (laughs) Everything goes back to wrestling for you guys. It's pretty crazy. But but the most craziest, outrageous one had to be Little Nas X, who was pretty much painted from head to toe silver. All he wore was like thong underwear and cowboy boots or whatever kind of boots. No, they're like stiletto boots or whatever. And uh, he had this is like very ridiculous uh, suit of armor. Um, it was the more, most craziest things I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, he literally took it to the costume level. Um, but yes, everything is in honor of Karl Lagerfeld. You know, and that's what, you know. Um, and of course, Rihanna, she ended um, the live stream on Vogue. Um, I mean, Lady Gaga didn't wear anything crazy because I could see her wearing something crazy. You know what? I didn't see. Was Lady Gaga on that carpet? Did you see Lady Gaga? Did you watch it, Paul? I, I, I didn't watch it now. I don't uh, can't see you watching. Not, not, not my like forte. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I you know. got the two guys on the show that probably were the least likely to watch. I that. know, since we're gonna talk. About my it. wife was on. She would know everything. Everything. <laughs> and that's the thing where I'll end uh, Matt Gala. And uh, if you heard the opening promo, it was Matthew Lawrence, and this is the the only gossip thing I have before we get into wrestling. Um, now, usually the Me Too movement is about when women, um, you know, talking about their experiences with uh, horrible experiences with men with sexual assault and, and sexual misconduct. Um, but Matthew Lawrence uh, told a very revealing story that he was dropped by an agency after ref- refused to meet the demands of a Hollywood director who asked him to take his clothes off during a hotel room meeting. Pretty messed up. Yeah, he, he talked about it on the. Well, it's not. It's not what happened to uh, what's his name to Brendan Fraser. Like some dude yeah, grabbed him by the junk and then he got canceled because of that. And that's why he won't show up at the uh, Golden Globe Awards. He was associated yeah. with with the Hollywood Foreign Press. Yeah. So it does go. And after that, he did, like they 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 refused to give him any work after he complained about it. It goes. Yeah, it definitely goes the the opposite way as well. And um, he also said he there have been times in his life when he's been propositioned to get a huge role by people in power. So um, and he said there is a double standard in, in the industry. You know, well, uh, wasn't, Corey, Cruz, uh, wasn't Corey Feldman saying stuff like that, too? Corey like, Feldman was another one. Terry Cruz uh, mm-hmm. Cruz uh, accused. Um, Cruz, yeah. yeah, he accused yeah. an agent of molesting him in 2016 when he squeezed his genitals mm-hmm. at a party. 
Oh, damn. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was a very revealing interview on a podcast that he talked about. And um, Paul, I know since we you seem to bring it up every every time, but I'm sure you're very happy that on May 11th they're terminating the COVID-19 safety and testing agreement. And oh, that's good too. well, technically, I mean, it's they kind of did on a lot of productions. I mean, that's why I'm working right now. But that's what I'm saying. You have to be thrilled, Paul, as an actor that I'm still protesting to- certain things because of uh, the restrictions well, and the like. One third of our union is not working right now because of that. I mean, well, medically, it's, I can't. It's, so. it's going to end, Paul. It's going to end because now, well, the testing and the mandatory vaccines, if a production is in production now, they can adhere to it. But I mean, I don't up, mind. Hey, as I said, if somebody wants to be safe, I have no problem testing. Yeah. The mandatory vaccines is where I draw the line because like, medically it. I can't. And a lot of people, it's their impersonal choice with the vaccines because mm-hmm. if it stopped the spread of it, hey, that's one thing, but doesn't stop the spread of it. And that's that's the it just stops so, people from getting very sick. But yes, it just stops people from getting sick. And that's their own choice. Right. But I mean, uh, I, I have no problem testing because, I mean, if people want to feel safe, that's fine. That's that's yeah. the way it should be. And the only people that have to test now are those in intimate scenes. If you're, if you, if Paul, if you have a scene with, you know, Margaret Robbie, fav- oh, you're gonna pick my girl. I don't, you gotta pick someone else. <laughs> you gotta pick goddamn someone else. <laughs> so you have a scene with your favorite actress that's not Margaret Robbie. <laughs> you'll have to, get, you'll have to get COVID tested. <laughs> All right, now we have. Subject, subject matter experts on our next topic and that's uh <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about some stuff going on in the wwe of course last week triple h announced that there will be a new world heavyweight champion and i know many times wes and paul have talked about god damn it roman reigns uh, just dominating well, the, the heavyweight here's how the wwe is screwing up the wwe should have two belts and then just have like Hey, if you want to unify for like one day for like the WrestleMania to make one special thing to say, hey, this is the best of both, and they want it for the year, that's fine. But you should still have a belt on each show. But that's the thing that they exactly did, Paul. Triple H. If you didn't see on Raw, I know, but would, I'm just you, saying that that's how. But they should yeah. do WrestleMania like that all the time. I, I one know, dude having the belt. It's coming back, time. Paul. It's coming back. Um, he he wants to make the this championship relevant again because Roman Reigns only defends his title every so often. And it also gives Roman Reigns a chance to uh, continue his thousand-plus-day reign as well. And you know, I was I was always thinking that they have to go back to the, the one champion yeah. on each brand. That's that's what they're going to do. Um, and because they announced it, whatever brand that Roman Reigns gets drafted to, the other brand will be the the show for the Great new title. world champion. Yeah. Yes. And that but I be... still think, as I said, I think like for a World Series type of thing, that would make WrestleMania so much more special is if you have the champion for each show go up and then they become the unified champion for the year. But it's just I don't know if I'm just I'm unified. About... No, I have a separate unified belt and then they could still have the grand yeah, championship. Well, like I said, Paul, they already do that at Survivor Series. They don't really do that on Survivor Series. They, they, There's not Survivor Series. they had Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns, I believe. One yeah. year. Yeah. So. Um, and uh, when actually last year, what isn't that when uh, he beat Brock for the uh, WWE Championship? Yeah, he's had yeah, the exactly. he's had the he's had the WWE Championship for over a year. He's had the Universal mm-hmm. since 2021. Yes. Yeah. So yes, so a new World Heavyweight Champion will be crowned at Night of Champions. 
And that's going to be better be Seth Rollins. <laughs> and it could be Seth Rollins. So this is where it's getting interesting because they announced the draft. They announced the draft. And yes, Roman Reigns has remains on SmackDown with the rest of the bloodline. That means Monday Night Raw will be the show that uh, showcases the world heavyweight champion. So let's talk about some of the results of the draft um, and your thoughts, because I don't know, this draft used to be very, you know, I think it used to mean more. It used to mean more. Right. But now it's like, you see wrestlers on both brands. So I'm like, well, I mean, should I bring up the one thing? Cause there's, there's one thing that's kind of stupid about it too. Okay. The Brock Lesnar thing where he could be on both shows because he's a free agent, which is just the stupidest thing I've ever that's, heard. That's the thing. Are, are we going with this Because that defeats the whole purpose of the draft. He could be on both shows. <laughs> because of like, free agents, yeah. We'll get into the free agents uh, shortly, but let's talk about who got drafted to SmackDown, the men's division, other than Roman Reigns. Um, I'm happy to look. see... I'm really happy to see AJ Styles in the club because, you know, the AJ, I believe, has been silent with an injury, right? Yeah, I think he's coming back. Uh, what is it like next week or week after something like Good. that? From what I hear. Yep. So he, him in the club. Back, uh, he came back for the draft and hit a phenomenal forearm, but that's all he did. Okay. Yeah. Good. I, but I don't I'm think just... he's been cleared yet, has he? I thought they said it's still a couple weeks away. A couple weeks away. Okay. Possible. I mean, again, he 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 did his signature move, which he had an ankle injury. So I mean, he's got to be yep. doing a lot better then, because the springboard yeah. is a who was yeah. a wrestler was not an easy thing to do anyways. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to read the whole, just some of the highlights. Uh, Austin Theory, uh, he's moving over to SmackDown so that he takes the United States Championship over the SmackDown, which I think is a, a good way to mix it up. Yeah. Um, Bobby Lashley also goes to SmackDown, so that should make things interesting. Maybe he will challenge Roman Reigns. Um, Edge also goes to SmackDown as well. Uh, and then we also see um, some NXT call-ups, including yeah. um, Grayson yeah. Waller. So Ooh. that that yeah, he's uh, probably one of the standouts in NXT so far, I'd say. Um, definitely looking forward to that. And I think LA Knight's going to do fantastic over on SmackDown. He's also uh, going over. The- I don't get him. I, I don't get his appeal. Really? His, yeah, his really microphone. Don't. His microphone skills are. are He's got no working skills. Like he's so boring in the ring. Well, I, th- I think I, what the thing is that like since I think he's supposed to be like the modern CM Punk where he just talks and can do it that way. You know what I mean? Really? Oh yeah. I, I guess, but or I just Ken, I don't Kennedy, know. I don't get remember Mr. Kennedy? Yeah. He was very analogous to Mr. Kennedy. Yeah, nobody likes Mr. Kennedy. <laughs> Mr. Kennedy was a very average worker, but his mic skills were incredible, and so I think that sometimes you can. You can get over on that. And plus, he's got the physique, you know. I mean, that, he might just be an okay worker. But uh, I think he, he's going to go over based on his um, his mic skills, for sure. Probably worth money in the bank this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, Rey Mysterio uh, staying on SmackDown. And, of course, um, um, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. Um We'll, we'll uh, move over. I'm to... actually surprised they kept them together. I thought for sure they were going to break them up because that's what the rumor was a long time ago. Yeah, and that that was apparent because Montez uh, went solo in the Elimination Chamber, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's why, you know, we thought that was going to happen. And then um, and Sheamus and, and the rest of his brawling brutes, they're going to stay on SmackDown. So that's, that's going to be exciting. Did, get, did McIntyre get um 
I was going to get to the raw ones, but he's on the raw oh, list. Okay, yeah. I, 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 I had the list on my phone. I just I couldn't remember because I don't have cable anymore. So most of my stuff is watching through YouTube. YouTube. Like, <laughs> That's okay. the way to go. Or Peacock. Yeah, so I was like, I don't remember him being on the episode so late. That kind of it kind of bums me out. Oh, what's Ray Wyatt's status? Is he still with the company? I mean, he's just kind of like a yes. limbo, I think. Ray Wyatt was one of those on the list that's not um that that wasn't even a free agent and wasn't announced on any roster. So that see that's why I'm kinda wondering if he's still with the company or if they just Yeah, I got a I got that list. So we're gonna get to that uh at the end with the free agents. Um and then the women on SmackDown includes um Asuka, which of course, great, right? But yeah. then a really interesting one is both NXT women's tag team champions, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. And I imagine they're going to be dropping the titles. Uh, now, you know, they're going to go over SmackDown, you know? Uh, that's really interesting. Of course, Bianca Belair, because uh, she's go. now on on SmackDown. And I guess we could say makes sense that Rhea Ripley remains on Raw, and then they'll just do the champion swap, you know? Yeah. Which we saw last year. I know you're rolling your eyes, Wes. It's so dumb. Just like, <laughs> it's such a stupid thing. Like, if I was a champion and they were like, hey, you're going to go to this other show, we're just going to trade belts. Shouldn't you I'd just like, take the belt oh, with you? I mean, and then just... yeah, it, it's, it's lame. Uh, let's I'm... see if they could drop it. You know, they, they, let's not forget they're defending both of both of them are defending their titles at the upcoming pay-per-view which we'll get into and we're gonna do our predictions Selena Vega has no chance in hell oh no chance in hell. there's no chance in hell no <laughs> chance in hell um but we're gonna do our predictions um who else uh, of course um Dakota Kai and EO Sky and uh and Bailey we, you know we'll stay on Smackdown Charlotte Flair is fantastic um and uh Zelina Vega and the rest of LWO will be going to um SmackDown. All right, and Raw men's division, some of the highlights include, of course, Braun Strowman and Ricochet. Uh will they remain a tag team? We well, that's know. a weird tag team to begin with. Uh, it's like two different styles. It it really doesn't make any sense, right? I think it's a punishment. Because Braun was was mouthing off on Twitter a couple months ago, and Ricochet was the first guy to chime in and basically say, "Hey man, why don't you be quiet?" And then like within like two weeks they were a tag team. So I think it's what? Holy shit! He was shitting on. He was. It was. I mean, I don't think it was that big of a deal, but he was shitting on high flyers. It might be a work. Are you sure it's not a work? Oh, I'm not saying it. I've never read that it was a yeah. punishment. I'm just saying I think it could be. Well, I think it's like a work. A, I don't think it's a legit punishment. Yeah. I think it's a work. It could be like one of those things where it's like, we're going to put you with Ricochet for a little while so people kind of forget that you were like talking <laughs> shit. But that you're, you're you're out of any sort of major title picture for the time. Okay. Being. I could be wrong, though. It's just yeah, no. Yeah. You could be, yeah. Um, all the Judgment Day are staying on Raw, which is great, and that includes Rhea Ripley, thank God. Um, Cody Rhodes. I think he's trying to make Rhea Ripley the new China, am I right? The new China. Oh my goodness. I don't know. Like she's she's nowhere near as buff. Um, and Rhea's she's not tall. as tall as. No, she's really not. Yeah. She's only five nine. Okay. Yeah, she's she's not that tall. Um. Charlotte. I mean, she's strong, but yeah. I don't think she's. I don't think she'll ever 
Well, because there was rumors they were going to put her in the men's uh, the, like Royal Rumble because she. Oh, like what we used to do yeah. in China, right? Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I agree with that. Oh, but Phoenix was in the uh, men's Royal Rumble. Was she oh, eliminated yeah. Colin? Yeah, that's right. Don't remember that? She kissed Beth, him in the. Beth Phoenix. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Yep, I do remember that. Jesus Christ. But we're all we all got to be happy that Cody Rhodes is staying on Raw because, as you know, that makes him a, a big contender for the yep. the new world championship. I know Wes, you you want Seth Rollins, but at least he's in. No, they're no. in the same roster. Mm-hmm. Hold on, hold on. Let me just clarify. It's <laughs> not that I want Cody and and Raw. I mean, like that doesn't make any sense to have them fight for the belt because why wouldn't Rollins just beat him? He's already done it three times. Yeah. My problem is having, if Cody wins this belt, it negates everything that he was trying to do with Roman. He wanted to, to beat Roman for the WWE championship because it was the one championship his, well, not the one, but it was the championship his father. Winning the new big gold. You didn't beat anybody like, that's a belt that just, they just that's, made. That's why he won't be the champion. He won't win the the tournament or I whatever. Hope not. It's, it's he will win it eventually. His, uh, his he's gonna win it. He. I don't think he's gonna win that universal title. I think he's gonna win this WWE World Title later down the road. But yes, um, as you mentioned, Seth Rollins is a part of that roster. Um, very very well could be the first WWE World Champion, or could it be Drew McIntyre? You were asking about Drew earlier. Drew was drafted to Raw. So he could be a very, very interesting pick. Or if they, if they drew, I wanted him to go back to being the Scottish psychopath. He was a much better character. Maybe it's time yep. for him to go heel, right? Yeah. Especially now that he's not. Or, he's, or, or they could bring 3MB back and have. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny you mentioned 3MB because Jinder Mahal was brought back to Raw with the rest of his, uh, his buddies. Uh, and Jinder Mahal is a former WWE champion. I don't know if they're going to ever give him another run, but uh, it could. Crazy it things could happen. Jinder Mahal be WWE champion, and Cody Rhodes isn't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that could very well happen. That could very well happen. I mean, you know, I like Jinder, man. I think he's when he was pretty over when he was world champion, and to a degree, you know, as a heel. Mm-hmm. You know, the New Day, um, Matt Riddle are staying on Raw. Odyssey Jones, an NXT call-up, interestingly enough. Um, and the tag champion, Sami Zayn and uh, Kevin Owens, will remain on Raw. And this is another one that should not be overlooked to be in the world title picture, and that's Shinsuke Nakamura. You know, um, yeah, he, he, he deserved it a while back, but I think now he, they, they kind of made him a mid-card guy. I don't let's let's I'd like to see him back in the title picture. I mean, he did challenge um, AJ Styles, right? And mm-hmm. um, well, Asian but, people challenging for the heavyweight championship at WrestleMania are notoriously always losers. <laughs> well, let's, I mean, let's, no, no. Here, here's what they should do with Shinsuke. Uh, they should put him with Paul Heyman because, I mean, you need yeah. somebody to talk for him. That, that's that's the issue with him. Interesting. Okay. But Asuka is five. I mean, a, a zero and five at Mania. My God, that's why yeah, I, yeah. I, that's why I predicted Oscar would win, and she didn't win. Yeah, that's another. Me too. Yeah, we yeah. were both on that that that, that <laughs> game plan. But yeah, I read it the other day that like most Asian wrestlers that sh- that challenged for their their whatever respective championships, they lose a mania. 
Well, that's it's just not their, their time. They, they need to do something about that. <laughs> well, they're trying to but get rid well, of well, Vince. Well, Vince, Vince is in charge again, so it's like that's probably not going to happen any time. He's soon. not in charge of creative. He's not in charge. I mean, he's, the he's little, final say. Yeah. He's, he's back to final say? Yeah. Yeah. That was part of the Endeavor deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know. I did not know. So, thought... so that, that, that's why some of the, that's why some of the stuff that you were like, "Hey, why is this stupid thing happening?" It's because Vince is back in charge. Wow, could yeah, that be a reason he... why Bray Wyatt hasn't returned? It, maybe. Wow, <laughs> because I know Vince wasn't big on uh, on Bray Wyatt, but yeah. but Triple H loves Bray Wyatt, so I don't know. Well, he's an NXT guy, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right, some of the women that were drafted to Raw. Uh, Becky Lynch, of course, because Seth Rollins is there. You got to put Becky yeah. in the scene. Um, Candice LeRae, Chelsea Green, of course, her tag team partner. Um, Actually, do you think they're going to bring Jim. Chelsea Green's uh, husband in, or do you think he's going to? You asked about him before, uh, Zack Ryder. I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's much. Uh... He doesn't want to come back as Zack Ryder. He wants to come back as Matt Cardona. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, he was a he was a crowd favorite, you know. So yeah. I'll be curious to see. But then again, Vince didn't like that either because he made his own thing instead of. Yeah. Um, but the very interesting uh, pick on Raw is Indy Hartwell. Yeah. Uh, who is the current NXT Women's Champion? She she is now part of the Raw roster. I'm curious how. She had uh, an injury scare at the last uh, taping too. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, because of the injury scare, I'm curious uh, that she will be dropping the title. Um, I don't know. I imagine that that would be the case. And also Katana Chance and Kaden Carter also um, also uh, recruited or drafted to Raw. And um, the women's tag team champions, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, they're going to stay on Raw. Um Rhea Ripley, of course, we mentioned earlier, yes, um, who's the SmackDown Women's Champion. Let's see if they do that title swap. We'll see. <laughs> and I'm glad to see Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Um, they're going to go Jeez. to Roswell. Yep. Ronda's hurt. That's why they um, they haven't done anything with her. Ronda's hurt. Yeah, she got hurt, uh, I think, at Mania. Because if you notice, her and, um, what's her name, uh, Baszler, they won their match at Mania. Yeah. Right. Crickets after that, and that's why because she she's hurt. Because she didn't. Ronda didn't do all the 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 bumps or the moves that she was supposed to do because she got hurt in the match. Oh, I'm not sure uh, the, the the logistics, but she got hurt after WrestleMania, which is why oh, okay. they haven't been seen since. Oh, I, I see. I just heard okay. that today. So. Interesting. All right. Another NXT, another NXT call up is Zoe Stark curious how she will do uh on raw and this is a big surprising one trish stratus um looks like she's gonna be on the road for a while she's gonna be a part of the roster for a while she was drafted to raw and i didn't see lita on the list so yeah i guess trish is back with the wwe well see i don't know well i mean you're wouldn't you well i guess you can bring lita back because i mean she's not gonna be around uh edge because that was the (laughs) <laughs> live sex <laughs> you like that all right here are the free agents so these are the the folks i guess that can go to either our smackdown or maybe eventually they'll be they'll end well, on well brock, brock you kind of have to not put him under a full contract because brock's using the roids so it's like he has to be <laughs> Jesus wow 
you're a, there's some allegations there. No, I mean, well, think of that. It's common sense. <laughs> think about this. When he, he was trying his UFC comeback, remember, he was getting more flabby. Because in UFC, they test him. He failed once. So if he got, yeah. if he failed, and then he changed his mind on the UFC comeback. So it's only common sense it's that he was gone. to getting tested to be a free agent? No, well, what, what happens is if you're part-time, they don't test you. But if you're full-time, like if you work every week, then you get tested. So if he works around as a part-time guy, he's... He doesn't have to get tested. <laughs> I've heard that before, actually. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Just like The Rock. Was... If The Rock came in, The Rock is definitely on him. I mean, he was my size when he wrestled, and he's like double that now. So, <laughs> so yes, Brock is on the list of the free agents, and including mm-hmm. Brock, Baron Corbin. They, they're really treating him like a piece of shit later. <laughs> he's jobbing out. He's I, not I mean, he good. Was... No. Yeah. He's, like, I love. Oh, that's about it. I love the happy Corbin and the broke Corbin because he was—he finally had a character. Yeah, character, personality. Corbin is boring as shit. (laughs) His finisher is pretty good. That's it. His finisher. That's it. His finisher is pretty dope. But yes, he's got a—he had the character. I don't know what happened to him. His Um, finisher's not even protected anymore. Yeah. McIntyre kicked out of it. Uh, let's see. The Hurt Business, Shelton Benjamin, and Cedric Alexander. I really still think they should bring back the Hurt Business together. Uh, and MVP and Omos, they're also on the list as free agents. So I think this is a – they should really get those guys back together. They have never been more over collectively. Yeah. And do Omos, Shelton, and Cedric with MVP, Hurt Business. Wes, you mentioned it before. Let's bring the Hurt Business back, right? Get Bobby back with it. They were great together. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Bobby was drafted to SmackDown, so we'll have to see what happens here. Yeah, but uh, they're all free agents, so they could get drafted to SmackDown. They could. They could. Uh, we got Dolph Ziggler, who's always been a longtime favorite, and he's a yeah. really awesome guy. I got to meet him. Uh, it sucks he never got his like opportunity, though, because, I mean, it's like he can sell stuff so well, kind of like Bret Hart yes. used to be able to, but they never gave him. They always kind of made him Absolutely. like second tier or just kind of. Just the guy who to make all the guys look good. Exactly. He was injury prone. That's why. Like Vince, once exactly. you get hurt once, Vince is like, oh, you're no good to me. Yeah. And this one's surprising. Uh, Elias. I'm surprised Elias was not drafted, but maybe they have bigger uh, plans for well, him. Well, maybe his brother is going to get drafted. <laughs> his brother could be drafted. <laughs> that would have been and, so uh, funny. And then Mustafa Ali and... Uh, uh, some other a few. Well, Mustafa Ali is he even like in the company anymore? Because I mean, he wanted to leave, and it's like they're just gonna like write his contract out, right? Because he won't he won't even show up. I don't think he made some television appearances. So they're trying to I guess work him back in, but yeah, I think he, I think he definitely wants out. But there have been some some names that that weren't drafted, and the, these are the names. I guess some of them are injured, like um, Randy Orton. Uh, yeah. Shane McMahon obviously <laughs> took yeah. out his knee or, or quad <laughs> running in the ring. But um, the worst one was, do you remember Vince ran into the ring and he took out both his quads? Both quads. <laughs> and he sat up. He sat up. Yeah. He, he couldn't stand up. I'm like, oh my god, that was crazy. Um, um. Now I heard a crazy rumor about Alexa Bliss, but um. Yeah, she kind of disappeared after Royal Rumble, and uh, she was not drafted to either roster. And I heard somebody some said crazy... she has a bad backstage heat. I mean, just because I heard something crazy. I like, I mean, I, I know someone like apparently, like I heard this too. Like, I, I know somebody who like took a kid there for like a 
just to meet Alexa Bliss for like their make a wish thing. And Alexa yeah. Bliss wouldn't see him, so everybody else saw like they say the Bailey saw the kid. Huh? I found it mm-hmm. hard to believe. I heard something a little crazier. I don't know if I want to say it here on the air. I may tell you guys off the air, but um it's it's a little outlandish. I I heard from a friend that's sort of in the business, but uh Anyways, I, I might be sharing that one off air for you guys. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I, I, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Beth Phoenix, uh, she was not the drafted, but I'm sure she's gonna go to SmackDown with Edge. I did hear a story about uh, Trish Stratus too, but I'll say that off air too. You want, we'll see it off air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if the story is true or not, but it might be. I think I might where you're going, but uh, Big uh, E. Big E um, is still hurt. He's got a broken neck, so he was not drafted with the other members of New Day. Um, Carmella, she wasn't drafted, and as you know, she is. I heard she's pregnant, so I think she's taking some time off. Um, Logan Paul was not drafted. His contract's up. Yeah, his contract's up, but was renewed. Oh, was okay. Yeah, being a douchebag. I guess he goes under the 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 Brock Lesnar part time. Same with John Cena, yeah. who wasn't wasn't drafted either. Um, but um, I hope to see Randy Orton back, you know. And uh, oh, another they say one. He's the nicest guy in the world, believe it or not. Even though he plays Randy Orton, really. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. They, they say he's a thousand times nicer than Cena. They say Cena is just a pure act. Interesting. That Randy's well, what you would expect of that opposite because you see Cena, he's always smiling and doing yeah, make a wish. But, but they say yeah. they say he's like he's kind of a dick. But they say like Randy Orton's like really cool and really down to earth and nice. Wow. And where's Robert Rudebin? He's also on the uh, list. They both have a Randy and him have the same injury. They got they have to have their back fused. Wow. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, that's where he's There's been. a good chance that Randy Orton's done. Wow. Oh, that's such a shame, man. Lower back. I think both of them, it's their lower back. I don't oh, know that's what a shame. Yeah. They, Damn. They have to have Damn. their back. I know. He was that's conspicuously funny. absent from WrestleMania. I mean, Randy Orton was always a fixture of that. So, But let's talk about um, Backlash. This is going to take place on May 6th in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I just meals. Yes. Um, it's, uh, I believe, the first. Uh, live or um, premier event, pay per view event that's going to take place in Puerto Rico. Are they going to bring in like what's his name, uh, Carlito, for that or no? <laughs> Carlitos. Never know. You, you never know. But let's talk about the card and our predictions. All right. All right. Hey, Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. Before that, Al, uh, what was the final tally with our last uh, prediction? Oh, we tied. We tied. That's what it was. I, I couldn't could remember. You and we I got tied. A, we got a nail so, so let's uh, now. There's three of us doing picks. So uh, let's uh, let's see who was the, the picks champion this week. All, All right. right. <laughs> we're, I guess we're we're going. We're both of us, uh, Wes, our current our co-champions. <laughs> God damn it! We're like Michelle McCool. <laughs> All right, here we go. Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. Wow. So Cody just had the the big loss at WrestleMania. Lesnar had a big win. Um, I predict um, I can't see Cody doing the job twice. There will be yeah, a, I agree with you. Al. There'll be something controversial. Uh, I don't know if Cody will cheat. I don't know if Brock will. I don't know. So I, I feel something crazy, and I feel you know what I'm predicting. Cody Rhodes wins by DQ or count out, and 
and it, it still is giving the win to Cody. So that's my prediction. Okay. Cody Rhodes by DQ or Countout. But you know what? There's, no, there's no DQ anymore, is there? No. Well, not for a championship, I don't think. Or, well, there's no championship uh, on the line. Right. Yeah, you can get DQ. You can't get DQ yeah. in a uh, fatal four-way or a triple threat. Right. Okay. That's so I think Cody season. Rhodes will win by some kind of fuckery. Okay. That's my prediction. All right, Wes. I, I think Cody's going to win too. I think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be clean. Um, wow. and I think you're not going to see Brock for a little bit. That's why he was made a, a, a free agent. Like this is Brock's way of like, okay, I want it mania. I'll put over this guy and then I'll disappear for a little while. And then whoever wins the, the big gold, I'll go after that. Cause he can't technically go after Roman. Cause when he lost the belt, um, it was whoever it was wins. Stipulation. Yeah. yeah. Can't have a rematch. Okay. Who are you picking, Paul, for Cody versus Brock? I'll definitely pick uh, Cody. I mean, I think Cody, they're just going to make it his time because they wanted to give it to him before he got hurt. So it's like, I'm pretty sure. Because okay. they have they have a storyline probably already in place that they've had in, on yeah. the book for a while. Okay, all, all three of us going for uh, Cody. All right, the six-man tag, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, the tag champs, teaming up with Matt Riddle, taking on... Jimmy and Jay Uso and Solo Sokoa. Wes, why don't you start this one out? Who's going? I over? think that the the bloodline uh, are going to lose. I think that mm-hmm. it's judging by what I've seen. I think that um, I think that Solo is going to walk out on them um, at near the end of the match, and that they're going to lose because of that. And uh, the rumor is that they might turn the Usos' face down the road, so I think they're going to slowly transition. Wow! I think that the I think that team uh team Raw are going to go over. <laughs> Interesting. Now that's a very good uh, prediction. I'm actually going to go with um, the Bloodline winning, and the reason is because there's the championships not on the line, so they can pin Sammy or Kevin. But I feel there's going to be a, a longer build for, for any eventual split because they're all drafted together on SmackDown. So I'm going with the bloodline on this one. How about you, Big Paul? I would say probably Sammy and them would win. I mean, and I, I think, like, I would say, like, Jimmy and Jay are probably going to get into it because remember how, like, they were kind of, like, one of them was kind of teaming with a kind of like Sammy and the other one hated them. So it's like, I think that might cause the rift. Okay. And the bloodline, which leads to, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sokoa to join the other whatever. So, you know what I mean? Okay. And, I, you know, I can see this happening down the road, but I think they want to give the Usos the rub because of that WrestleMania rub. And that's where I'm you going think? with that. Yeah. So, so you two are going with Owen, Zane, and Riddle. I'm going with mm-hmm. the bloodline. All right. The San Juan Street Fight. This is a no disqualification match. Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest. All right, Paul, why don't you start this one? Um, I would say I'd probably give it to Bad Bunny. <laughs> just <laughs> just because they're going to have somebody else coming in to help Bad Bunny, and uh, they're just going to make Damian Priest kind of, like, lose. And he is the host of the Backlash. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So they're, they're going to just, like, stick it to him because he's, like, the kind of a villain. So they're going to yeah. be like, yeah, this guy's a, I think that's what they're going to go with. I'm going to also agree and say Bad Bunny will go over on this one. He's the host of Backlash. He's also the celebrity. The celebrities rarely mm-hmm. lose um, 
in their in their WrestleMania matches. Um, obviously, yeah. we saw Logan Paul lose, but that wasn't his first match. No. Um, and he's also a contracted superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe Bad Bunny will go over um, Damian Priest. All right, Wes. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a hopeful prediction. <laughs> um, I hope that Damian Priest goes over. Mainly because they're both Puerto Rican, so no one will die. Um, because Puerto Rico is one of those places where if the hometown hero loses, they go nuts. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope that Damian wins because the, the bloodline... Well, are, are, are you referring to the Bruiser Brody thing back in the day? Uh, also Jericho and, and Ric Flair and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but because uh, Flair almost got killed. Um, he had to drop the belt. Uh, I think Pedro Morales or somebody like that. Jeez. And then they oh, just Brody did get killed. Back. When they got back to the States, they just basically did the match over again. And Flair got the belt back. Oh my uh, God. But um, I'm hoping priest wins because the judgment day outside of Rhea Ripley, they always lose. Like they're not mm-hmm. credible threats. So I'm like, give mm-hmm. him like bad one. He doesn't need to win. He's already won two matches. Yeah, at least one. That's a good point. All right, so you're going to go Damian Priest. Okay. Yeah. Well, Big Paul and I are picking Bad Bunny. Oh, very good. All right, some deviation there. All right, the <laughs> United States Championship triple threat match. Austin Theory um, defends against Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed. Um, You know what? I, I have a feeling with the upcoming draft, you know, it, it'll be too complicated for Bronson and Lashley to win and it'll just be a clusterfuck. Austin Theory will retain in this triple threat match. That's my prediction. Although Bobby Lashley is going to SmackDown, so he could yeah. win. But I think I'm going to stick oh, with uh, I'm going to I'm going to stick with uh, yeah I'm going to stick with Austin Theory winning, and he's going to um somehow yeah scrape by this match somehow. So there you go. All right, Wes, next. Who do you pick in this one? Um, I. I, I agree. I think I think that uh, Theory's gonna gonna keep the belt because um, I think that if you're gonna have a title contender for Roman, Bobby could be that. Like he's he's pretty protected. Um, I don't think he's gonna beat Roman, but he could be a credible threat. Like going forward, they so, they need opponents yeah. for him. They do. Yeah, so I think I, I it doesn't make sense to put the U.S. title on him. So. If you're going to do that, so I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to agree with you and say that uh, um, it's a champion retaining. Okay, Big Paul. Uh, I I agree. I mean, I, I think uh, Theory was supposed to be the golden boy, and I think they're just going to keep a smaller title on him until they they're ready to move him up. And uh, okay, especially with Vince in charge, Vince is definitely a, a big think about that. There's like all of us going uh, for Austin Theory. All right, the SmackDown Women's Championship, and this is, goes back to what you said about having the hometown hero lose. Mm-hmm. Zelina Vega is challenging Rhea Ripley. I, I just there's just no way in hell I I, I can't no. see Zelina winning the championship. I I predict Rhea will win, but Zelina will will, will do something like kind of get some cheers, you know, maybe maybe after she gets pinned, maybe she she you know somehow you know smacks Rhea around or something, you know, I don't know, but Rhea will retain the title, but I, there's no way how that Zelina Vega will, will win. So that's my prediction. Wes. 
I will flip the fuck out if she drops the belt. I like Zelina Vega, but I love Rhea Ripley. Her and Oscar are my two favorites, so Rhea better not drop the belt this quick. Okay, so you're picking Rhea and Paul? Um, I'm picking Rhea, too. It's like it, it's almost a no-brainer. It's like Vega is just out of her okay. league, I think, for the championship. And now if it was a smaller belt or just, just the normal, like a tag team thing, I mean, maybe it's a, mm-hmm. anybody's ball game, but... Yeah. I don't think I'm going to put the belt on her. Okay. All right. The Raw Women's Championship. Bianca Belair defending against EO Sky. Big Paul, who are you picking? Uh, Bianca's had it a long time, so they might give it to EO Sky, even though I don't think EO Sky deserves it. But, I mean, I think that's probably where it's going to head. Because really? it's just, just to move the belt. I mean, it's like. You think EO will win the title? I think so. And then you're going to have, like, some kind of, like, a. Then I bet you anything, uh, it's going to cause a breakup in that group, and they're all just going to go after it. Interesting. Interesting uh, prediction there. How about you, Wes? I actually uh, agree with part of what Paul said, but I think it's going to be um, uh, Bianca's going to keep it, um, and that's what's going to cause the big rift. I, I think we're leading to them damage control yeah. splitting up, but right. I think it's going to be less of a well i did it i uh, i did it and you didn't and more of a i need to get away from you because you're actually making making it to where i can't win the championship yeah, yeah. i 100 percent agree with you wes i think bianca Belair will retain and i think maybe dakota and uh um yeah. and bailey might do something that will backfire and cause um you to lose yeah so there you go all right and the final match seth rollins versus omos uh wes what's your call on this one seth rollins is winning this omos <laughs> is is uh he didn't, beat, he didn't beat brock so he's not beating uh not beating <laughs> seth rollins two big losses in a row though you think you think that could happen realistically who's who's almost beat Nobody. He's a fucking loser. He's uh, he's the new Big Show. He's so big. No, he's not the he, new Big Show. He's big the show new Great Collie. That's what he is. Great Collie. Big Show won some matches. Yeah. No, think about it though. How often do monsters in WWE actually keep their mystique? Not well, like Andre. I don't know. Well, Andre was like only one guy really ever beat him, and that was Hogan. But like, yep. think about how many times the Big Show switched from being face to heel had stupid mm-hmm. gimmicks and then wanted to be taken seriously. Yeah. Always yeah, lost right. after a certain point because it was like, it was, it was cool to beat the big show because it was an accomplishment. Cause he's seven foot tall and 500 mm-hmm. pounds. It's like, yeah. you always lose. You're, you yeah. should be like unstoppable. And almost <laughs> the same way. He crashed your monster truck off a building and lost. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Seth Rollins. So I think Seth Rollins uh, will also win. However, I think we're going to see the debut of the Hurt Business. <laughs> you said it last time for Mania. I think it's time to bring the Hurt Business back. Uh, Seth will win by either beating Omos or by disqualification. So I'm going to go with Seth Rollins. Now, now see, now, now you put some that thought in my head. Now, if the Hurt Business does come back and help Omos... I think Seth Rollins loses, and then Seth Rollins has a, a like feud with the Hurt Business, the entire group. 
that would be an interesting feud. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I'm, I guess I'm going to have to descend and say almost wins, even though I don't think he deserves to win. But <laughs> I'm I glad think you're picking Elvis. I didn't come want... to help him. That, that would make perfect I sense. I didn't want to pick Elvis, but keep in mind that the purpose is a free agent. So we don't know where they're going to be. We That's don't... what I'm saying. Like, if they come by and they help him, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> that would be a good rivalry. I mean. Yeah. And they, again, they were never more over um, when. Mm-hmm. And they were in a self-action. So that concludes our, our picks for Backlash. As uh, we're wrapping up BTB, we have some rest in pieces to announce. Um, wow, big, big um, loss in the talk show world is Jerry Springer. I was on set when they said that. I was like, that can't be true. Yeah. Former he always had... seems healthy. He never seemed like he was in bad yeah. health at all. He was 79, um, and uh, he had pancreatic cancer. So oh, okay. that, that contributed to his death. He was, um, I mean, it was very comparable to wrestling. <laughs> a lot of people yeah. <laughs> compared Jerry. Isn't, isn't he in the Hall of Fame for WWE? He might be in the WWE Hall of Fame because I think he did. I'll look it up real quick. Wes will, Wes will fact check that one. But yes, I mean, I mean, you know, there was punches, there was chairs, there's fights during the yeah. show. There's chairs that were thrown. You know, well, and they were choreographed too because they were uh, like amateur wrestlers that there were. That's Book right. Barry Springer just to yeah. throw chairs and That's stuff. That's right. MCW Wrestling actually um, did some work with Jerry Springer. And again, it, it kind of goes hand in hand wrestling and the Jerry Springer show to some degree. Yeah. You know, because a lot of it was, you know, was scripted. Let's be honest with you. you know, they had a big bald guy on it, just like a, the Attitude Era. <laughs> yes, they did. He did. And let's see if Wes has found out if Jerry Springer has been in the WWE Hall of Fame. I don't think he I has. thought he was. Yeah. No, I think I he was just a guest host. Okay. Just a guest host, not inducted yet. Okay. No, he's not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. So he just, he ran a so show. So he's not in the Hall of Fame, but Donald Trump is? There you go. I mean, Donald Trump was at WrestleMania. That's a big difference yeah. than just a guest spot. And three decades he had a show from 1991 until 2018. That's a long run for the Jerry Springer show. I knew somebody. You knew somebody? Yeah. And then you mentioned um, Maryland Championship Wrestling's Dan McDivitt. Also. uh, I didn't know him, but uh, Nui Tofiga. He was a Samoan. Yes. Okay. He was doing it. He was the one that told me about how how scripted it was. Okay. He made an appearance on drug dealer or something what's this did he play a character on on the show yeah he was like a drug dealer or a pimp or something okay he's like heavy <laughs> set like 328 yep. pound uh, samoan guy yeah there you go yeah. see so rest in peace jerry springer we also lost uh, the legendary harry belafonte um he was a one responsible dayo dayo <laughs> um folk singer Beetlejuice uh, juice wouldn't be the same without him Oh yeah, without without oh, Harry yeah. Belafonte. Remember that song? Then? Yeah, I guess yeah. You remember that thing? when he was possessing him. Oh, yeah. they they used Harry Belafonte's song. Nice. Yeah. Forgot about a, that. Yeah, I did forget as well. Uh, Singer songwriter um, Gordon Lightfoot um, wasn't very familiar with him. I have friends that liked him, um, but um, sadly he had passed away due to natural causes. And one of the judges and chefs of MasterChef Australia died suddenly at the age of 46, Zoc Zonfrilo. He's a, a Scottish TV presenter. 
um, and uh, no cause of death was disclosed. So rest in peace to those folks you mentioned. And of course, um, with death, we celebrate life for those another trip around the sun. Legendary singer Engelbert Humperdinck is 87. Uh, Christine Baranski, actress, is 71. Brian Toshi from Revenge of the Nerds and Police Academy. <laughs> Great one. He's 64. <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson, if you smell what The Rock is cooking, <laughs> is 51. Can you believe The Rock is 51? Oh, he was older. Yeah. No, he's he's, good. he's older than 51. Is, he, is that like the Hollywood, like, no, IMDb he's 50, He's 51. He is he's got to be older than 51 because <laughs> the rock was, he was born... like 51 10 years ago uh no the rock is 51 <laughs> 51 i thought i thought jericho was uh younger than him yeah jericho is actually older yeah uh, Jer- i checked jericho was 54 i think Jer- jericho's like up there yeah 54 um jenna von oy from blossom 46 oh no shit yeah Kumail Nanjani from Silicon Valley, The Big Six, um, The Eternals. He's 46 as well. I'm sorry, he's 45. Sorry. Happy birthday, Kumail. Ellie Kemper from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is 43. That was a funny show. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Lily Allen, singer Lily Allen is 38. And actress Kay Panabaker is 33. That's birthday today. And that wraps up an incredible show from top to bottom. We'd like to thank, of course, earlier in the program, um, the King of the 80s, Chachi McFly, and Dean on the scene, Rogers. Yeah. And and sticking around for the second half to talk everything WWE, the one and only, the Sith Lord, Darth Paul Wallace. I am a Sith Lord. <laughs> and cosplayer and former pro wrestler extraordinaire, Wes Whitlock. Thanks so much for being a tremendous guest co-host again. And that's right. Of course, we have celebrity guests on Below the Belt show that we'll be playing in post-production. You mean I'm not a celebrity? Man. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, if you haven't seen Terrifier or Terrifier 2, it's uh, old school horror, man. It's crazy. It's gory. It's it's every bit of disgusting, but very entertaining. Uh, I got to interview... Art the Clown himself, David Howard Thornton, who plays Art the Clown, the little clown, Amelie McLean, who plays Little Pale Girl, and Lauren Laveras, who, uh, as you know, is uh, the final girl in Terrifier 2. Um, She plays Sienna. So those uh, interviews are closing out tonight's show that I conducted at Monster Mania in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, one of our favorite favorite cons uh, all about the pop culture horror genre uh, monstermania.net is the official website check it out as they have shows continually in the philadelphia area and in the hunt valley maryland area as well so it's a great con check it out so that's closing out tonight's show so on behalf of uh, the panel here darth paul wallace and wes whitlock currently with us and those who have left the building including chachi mcfly the king of the 80s and dean on the scene rogers We will see you guys next week. Until then, peace. All right, guys, it's a sunny day here in Hunt Valley, Maryland. 
We're here with Art the Clown himself. Oh my God, David Howard Thornton. How's that feel to be uh, at Monster Mania here in uh, Hunt Valley, Maryland? Oh, it's been fantastic. I've had a wonderful weekend. I had a lot of fun, met a lot of really cool people and stuff like that. I'm, I'm having a blast. Yeah, <laughs> and you're here with your entire team. Yes. Your cast members, uh, the career, Damon Leone, um, and uh, you guys were in Oaks, PA last time we talked to you, uh, so, some of you. Yes. And now we're talking to... The maniacal, sadistic, psychopathic Art the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. <laughs> <laughs> and I did have my uh, Art Krispies this morning, and yes. uh, my throat's a little light. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it tastes a little funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I am a serial killer, after yeah. all, so there yeah, you go. <laughs> but I got to see... Uh, what inspirations did you take into portraying Art the Clown for any particular psychopaths or horror icons uh, when you were envisioning um, um, delivering your role? Oh, gosh, I, a lot of people. I mean, first yeah. of all, I took a lot of inspiration from a lot of the um, horror villains that came before me. There's a little bit of every single one of those guys inside mm-hmm. of my art. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I, I have an extensive background with um, great physical comedy and great physical comedians, mm-hmm. like silent film area, vaudeville, all the way up through, you know, like, Mr. Bean mm-hmm. and uh, my, my good friend, uh, Stephan Carl, who was Robbie Rotten on uh, Lazy Town. I was his understudy for five years with the Grinch. And so I kind of pulled inspiration from all those people and just kind of just put it in a blender and out came art. Wow. So, yeah. Literally and, almost. <laughs> the blender is kind of crazy already, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Plus I also had a, a great inspiration too because I wasn't the first person to play art. It was yeah. uh, Mike Gianelli who's doing his first convention appearance. He's yes. here this weekend too and he set a great foundation for me so he made my job easier. That's right. He was in the Terrifier short, correct? Yes. He was also in the um, All Hallows Eve. He was right. art in the All Hallows Eve film. Wow, wow. Well, let's talk about the, the passing of the baton from that and the audition process for landing the role of Art the Clown. How'd that go? It was uh, pretty interesting. Uh, it was my first real film audition, too. I was always a stage and voiceover actor. Okay. And, and I, I was not given a script or anything like that. I went to the room, and I'm freaking out because everybody else had scripts there at the audition. And I'm like, yeah. oh, no. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't have a script. I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. Art doesn't talk. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> so uh, what do I do? And they're like, just come up with a scene where uh, you decapitate a guy, and you're very happy about doing it, and go. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, cool, okay. <laughs> and... It, that's what got me the role. I just yeah. let myself go, and um, you can find that audition online. Yeah, actually yeah. now. Wow. So yeah, it's it's interesting, yeah. <laughs> but now, it got me the role. <laughs> would you have preferred art did some talking? Oh no, I love it. I don't have okay. to memorize lines. Yeah, that's true. As an actor, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's very nice. It's like the first. I'm I'm used to having to do pages and pages and pages of dialogue yeah. and monologues and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's nice just to be like just show up on set. I'm like, what am I doing today, guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have a favorite kill from Terrifier Two? Oh, definitely the the bedroom scene with uh, Allie. That is my favorite kill. <laughs> I just that's that took on a life of its own because of COVID. Because um, yeah. we we didn't have a lot of time for Damien to make all the practical effects that were needed for the, the yeah. for that and COVID happened put us in lockdown for a while so he finally had time and so he went back to the drawing board what we already had written I think in the script was going to be amazing but he's like let's go even crazier with this and just make it more drawn out and 
we went crazy. Oh my god, that was one of the gnarliest kill scenes with the alley, and of course you served uh, candy out of her head for all the children. Oh, yeah. Actually, that was her mom's head. Oh, that was the mom's head. Oh my god, that was the mom's because her her face was a little more effed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I just realized. Oh, oh yeah, wow. oh, yeah. And I love that bit with the, the candy bowl head. I was just like, this is just <laughs> especially with the, the one kid's walking away. Like, oh, it's sticky. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> oh, my god. oh my god, that is so insane. That was great. And then uh, your first kill scene, you you were nude. Uh, and you're saying, how did you feel yeah. about doing that? Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Playing patty cake, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That was that was fun because the cops even showed up on right. set that night. So I was the like, actual cops. Yeah, the actual cops because uh, someone had seen me walking into the uh, the mm. laundry mat covered in blood, and they reported <laughs> to the cops there in New Jersey. Oh, and it was a female cop too, and I'm like, oh great. <laughs> Great. So I'm like just sitting there with a newspaper covering me up, and I'm like, "Wow, what a like, story!" Yeah, she's like, "Well, you hear there was a, a clown covered in blood that came in here," and I'm like, "Hi, that was me." Oh my! And she's like, "Do you mind standing up?" And I'm like, "Oh no, I don't think you want me to stand up right now." <laughs> that was hysterical. Yeah, man, and, and people were literally throwing up. Uh, well, watching yes, the movie, right? That's that's what I that's read. real. That was not yeah. like some publicity stunt or anything. That was real. I, yeah. I I've met so many fans at these conventions. Like, yeah, my sister over here was puking during the movie, and or uh, another person said they sat, someone puked, and then they passed out and hit their head in the, the seat in front of them. I'm like, that's insane. That is insane. I, I was even at a. I went to a screening in um, New York, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't let anybody know I was there, so I wanted to, you mm-hmm. know, get real reactions. And yeah. there was someone. I during the middle of the film, I heard them like, "Oh God!" And just had a. <laughs> they just ran out of there. I was like, "Yes, <laughs> that's the reaction you wanted." <laughs> yes. Holy at least sucks. it wasn't over my nude scenes. So that was a good thing. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, I'm sorry." <laughs> so, so the box office was ridiculous for Terrifier Two, based on the budget of. Two hundred fifty thousand, and it made. Yeah. What was the total box office? I, I think uh, we've made around twelve to fifteen million right. now. But I mean, that's. I mean, that sounds small to most people, but for uh, a film that was in um, limited, limited release in yeah. theaters, uh, as we were in maybe close to a thousand, as opposed to like all these other movies are in like over three thousand yeah. plus theaters, and. I mean, it, it it was only supposed to be in theaters for three days, and it was in theaters for about six weeks in some wow. theaters, and that's that's insane. But that's insane. the power. It's the power of the fan base. Yeah, that's what it was, because the fans kept going out and and spreading the word mm-hmm. about it, and they were going back repeatedly to see the film, which just doesn't yeah. happen that often anymore. And wow, I was look at that. That was amazing to see happen. So. And, and you can still see it on Amazon Prime, yeah. which is amazing. Both the Terrifier and Terrifier Two. Yes. Of course, uh, I talked to Damien at the Oaks PA, and he says there will be. A Terrifier 3. And, oh, yes. and, and how, how do you feel about that? Oh, I am as giddy as a schoolgirl. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I know some of the ideas that he has cooked up Okay, for. He's, he's in the middle of writing it right now, and I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> as you know, a lot of horror icons, even though they supposedly were killed, mm-hmm. um, find some crazy way to come back. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I definitely come back in a crazy way at the end of the film. So, just yeah. like, yeah. That's, yeah. I, I think that's a moment where uh, some people left the theater puking too because they're like oh god no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy
crazy. Well, we're looking forward to Terrifier three. And uh, what other acting projects have you done? Have you have your agent reached out to some crazy uh, other horror roles since then? Um, well, I got some irons in the fire and stuff like yeah. that right now. Um, of course, uh, they just released the the new trailer for uh, the Pete Davidson show Bup Kiss. That's yes, Bup Kiss. Yes, uh, coming out on Peacock next month. So oh, what can, what can you tell us about the, your I, role in that? I, I have a small little cameo in, in there. It's like stick around there. You know, you, oh, you nice. Might, yes, yeah, you, you'll see me at one point. So that was that was a lot of fun. But um, I recently just wrapped filming a movie called uh, The Dead Place out in California. So hopefully that's going to be coming out later on oh. this year. And I actually talk in that one. So that's, oh, good. Yeah, I actually had to memorize lines again. I was like, The oh, Dead God. Place. Yeah. What can you tell us about that character? Um, I, I play a villain called the New Kid in that, yeah. and he's basically a henchman for uh, this demonic presence and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I'm basically kind of like a. Um, like kind of like Violator or like you know Beetlejuice type of character, where wow. just like I'm just, yeah, I, I, he's he's kind of a scum scumbag, but you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's a fun character. Though. So <laughs> wow. yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with that. And then um, I have another film I did with a lot of the Terrifier Two team called Stream, that wow. should hopefully be coming out this year. We've been working on that for about two years, and we have an amazing cast for that, like a lot of horror alumni, and they're like Felissa Rose, D. Wallace, Daniel Harris, Jeffrey Combs, Tony yes. Todd. Yes. The list goes on and on. It's just, wow. It's it's a it's a pretty cool film. So cool. Yeah. So you're staying in your wheelhouse for horror, but then you're also yeah. doing working with Pete Davidson, which yeah. is which is wild. And what was it like working with Pete? Oh, Pete was awesome. Yeah, that was that was a crazy day. He mm-hmm. was just like you know, awesome. Machine Gun Kelly was on set and stuff like Please. that that day too. So I was like, this is insane. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was fun because like Pete's a huge Terrifier fan. Yes, huge Terrifier. So fan. did they reach out to you? Yeah, yeah. Whoa, yeah. dude. Look He's, at that. He, he was like, I want art. He like. Um, contacted Damien he's like I want to get art on my show somehow so there's, uh, can we make this work and he's like yeah sure we'll do it and wow it happened that, dude. It's, uh, yeah it's awesome so. it's amazing well wow thank you so much David this has been incredible talking here at Monster Mania <laughs> Monster Mania <laughs> <laughs> and if you could do a little promo let us know who you are yes throughout your character from Art the Clown uh, let us know you're on Below the Belt and then throughout you know the laugh or the craziness or whatever sure. you want at the end no problem Right. Hey everybody, this is David Howard Thorne, Art the Clown himself, and you're watching Below the Belt. I'll kill you soon. <laughs> Dope. If we got Art the Clown, you know we gotta get the little pale girl, right? Right? <laughs> From Terrifier 2, Amelie McLean. How does it uh, feel to be at a Monster Mania convention with, with all your uh, fellow castmates and creators? I love it. I love every minute of it, and I always look forward to coming to these. Um, the whole Terrifier cast is like my family, and so are the fans, so it's just a great experience. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the, the beginning, um, the process of getting cast as a little pale girl. Um, obviously, parental... Approvals needed because this is a crazy, crazy horror film with lots of gore, lots of violence. Uh, tell us about how that process started. So I started by going on an online website and I saw the audition. So I was like, let me just audition for it. My audition was me looking in a mirror with a black wig on and I had this big old lollipop and I just was doing these demonic faces and we submitted it and we got an email I think like a week later and it was from Damien and he was like can we talk to you and he called my mom and he said that he thought I would be perfect for the little pale girl and would I be available to film for her and I was I was a little hesitant at first mm-hmm. because 
you know, I'd never been in contacts before. I'd never done the hair, the makeup. It was a scary movie. I was 11 at the time, but I ended up saying yes, and that's how it started. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. And, you, and I saw the film. It was incredible. Uh, what are your thoughts on, like, the family for you doing a film like that which you know is for pretty much adult audiences did you have to get special permission that sort yeah um my family is actually really supportive of me okay. they're glad that i'm doing it and mm-hmm. i mean even on set they were very careful about how they filmed it they did mm-hmm. not have me in front of all the gore and everything oh, okay. like that and i didn't even know about all these gory scenes until i saw the premiere at 13 so yeah. damien was very very careful about how we filmed it so i felt really safe and yeah and that's on set and when you finally see the film what, what did you think <laughs> i was like shocked honestly <laughs> like we we went to the new york city premiere nice. where everyone was there and mm-hmm. I mean, my mouth dropped at least, like, five times. I didn't even know in one of the scenes I pooped myself. I didn't even know <laughs> that that was in there until I was at the premiere. My oh mom my never told me. So, <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of shockers there. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. And people were throwing up. Uh, like, the, it, it, it can cause nausea for some folks yeah. that watched it because the scenes were so realistic i guess yeah. and, and over the top right yeah exactly yeah they are wow. damien does a good job of making it look really realistic and i think that's what sticks out about terrifier too and your character the look i mean get, <laughs> getting that what side ponytail oh, spiked yeah. up and yeah. all that how, how do you what do you feel about that process oh my gosh so the whole process of the makeup and hair took three hours mm-hmm. and then not many people think about how it took three hours to get out of it as mm-hmm. well and mm-hmm. my hair was like 100 percent my hair it was no wig so mm-hmm. they would tease it up on one side and then on the other side they would take like oil like vegetable oil and all this gross stuff and like make it look all oily and gross <laughs> and i wasn't the biggest fan of that but it was fun it was still fun <laughs> nice. and portraying the the pale little white girl uh, did you um sorry <laughs> and portraying the pale little girl did, did you bring up <laughs> any uh any inspiration from any other characters maybe any other horror icons I actually didn't okay. um <laughs> i just <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I went into this like I didn't even see the movie. Okay. I went into it like bare. I didn't mm-hmm. see anything, mm-hmm. and I just took Damien's direction and I watched David from the sidelines. And I guess that's kind of where I got my inspiration from. It's just watching everyone from the there sides you and you know, getting the facial motions yes. down. <laughs> yeah. You had it. I mean, it, the creepy factor was through the roof. Yeah. My God. <laughs> Thank you. Almost equally as scary as art. <laughs> yeah. Know? I've yeah. had people say that. Yeah. That's surprising sure. to me. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Now, the, the, the film was such a huge success. I mean, I know the budget was like 200000 or or some, and it made like $12 million yeah. plus. What were your thoughts on that? That's insane. I did not know. I thought this was just going to be a little small mm-hmm. film. I didn't even know yeah. like the crazy cult following of Terrifier when yeah. I went into it. And I went into it mm-hmm. thinking it was, you know, just something tiny. And then mm-hmm. it turned out to be this. And yeah. I had to wait two years. I couldn't say mm-hmm. my role. Everyone else could talk about it, and I couldn't. Mm-hmm. So... It was fun to finally get that response that I had wanted for a while, and it was a big one. It was a really big response. <laughs> Amazing. Now, has life changed since you landed the role? Are you considered a celebrity in your town? Uh, your friends, have they treated you different? This is a chachi type of question. Man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, 
Most of the boys love the Terrifier series okay. at my school, okay. and random boys that I haven't even talked to are starting to come up to me and make conversation. See? And right, I'm like, yeah. what? Like, you've said two <laughs> words to me this entire year. Yeah. So, yeah, life has definitely changed a little bit, but I'm glad it has. I really love, mm-hmm. you know, being in the spotlight and stuff like that. Yeah. Fantastic. Wow. And, uh, of course, green, green lit already is Terrifier 3, right? Damien told me at least yeah. that Terrifier 3 is definitely happening. Yeah. And I'm sure the little pale girl, I <laughs> <laughs> got right this time, will be back, right? I, I'm guessing, yes? Yeah, I mean, the little pale girl walked off with Art the Clown's head. Yeah, so I, that's how the movie ended. I don't... Yeah. They have to end that somehow. Yeah. We, we got to pay that off. We yeah. need to find out what happened. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. So have other acting um, roles been offered to you since? Have you gotten a lot of great auditions since your role? Um, honestly, surprisingly, n- not that many. Okay. But I'm trying to get more into horror. I'm definitely getting horror auditions. Great. And, yeah, I love. I would love to work with other horror kids my age, like okay. Amy Donald as Megan. That would be fun to work with her. I'm yeah. getting a lot of, like, inspiration. You talk to Megan, actually. Yeah, yeah from, yeah, like, kids my that. age, you know? It would be fun to do, like, something with them and work with mm-hmm. other fellow horror people. You could be uh, a co-AI robot with Megan, yes. you know, terrorizing <laughs> the town, you know? Yeah, I think we would be good at that. <laughs> That's a great idea, yeah. 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 And um, um, Griffin Seth Petro was in uh, Terrifier 2 from Cobra Kai, uh-huh. which I thought was a I cool tie-in, too. So. I, I didn't know that yeah. until recently, and I thought that was really cool, too, because yeah. I'm a fan of Cobra Kai. So. Cobra Kai, never die. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. Well, very cool. So um, any other like dream projects other than horror that you would love to do? Um, I'm open to anything, honestly. Cool. I just love acting as a whole, and nice. I'm open to doing anything. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, if you see this, if you hear this, you know, send it to Amelie's agent. You know, get her, get her some books with some amazing roles. Well, yes. oh, we thank you so much, Amelie. This has been yes, great. I love You're on it. Below the Belt show. So if you could give us um, a little promo, let us know who you are, your character from Terrifier 2. Let us know you're on Below the Belt show, and maybe you can give uh, the camera a little crazy stare to, uh, the, that you do. <laughs> okay. All right. Hi, I'm Amelie McLean. I play the little pale girl in Terrifier 2, and I'm on Below the Belt Show. That was awesome. All right, guys, we're here with Lauren R- Lavera, Sienna from Terrifier 2, the final girl. Uh, it's awesome to have you here at, at Monster Mania. I know we, you're in Oaks, PA, and this is your first time in Hunt Valley, right? Yeah, this is my first time. I don't know if I've ever really been to Maryland before, so I'm having a great time. Well, there you go. <laughs> wow, there you go. First time in Maryland, and it's a great to be with your team and creators. Um, how has life changed since Terrifier 2? Because it, it's, it was such a, an amazing film for the budget of what 200,000 250,000 to make over 10 million at the box office yeah must have been tremendous yeah it still hasn't sunk in everything that has transpired since the film has come out but Mm -hmm. yeah I mean a lot of horror film offers since then so we'll see we'll see what happens yes now do you you feel like you're going to be staying in the the horror genre do you feel like that's a genre that you've embraced I definitely I love horror it's one of my favorite genres in general Um, I don't mind staying in horror 
it, I will keep doing it. Depends on the offer. It depends on the role. So I'll yeah. keep doing it if people keep asking me to do it. Yes. Now, um, did you find anything difficult with any of the scenes that you had to do within Terrifier? Because I mean, I know people have actually thrown up watching certain scenes. Yeah. <laughs> did you find anything difficult? Oh, I mean, yeah, it was very challenging and physical role. Yeah. It was very tough to film, and yeah. we were on set for very long hours. Mm-hmm. Um, the entire thing was challenging, but it was rewarding, which made it yeah. worth doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And a majority of the film, you're wearing your that signature um, angel. Uh, how would you describe the angel? Uh, um, Valkyrie, Valkyrie warrior. warrior type. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you feel about? Pretty much uh, a majority of the movie you're in that. Uh, it was very uncomfortable. It was a very uncomfortable yeah. costume. But, I mean, I think it was worth it. It looked good on screen, very frustratingly. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I loved it. It looked. I loved it the first time I put it on. It was just having to wear it for 20-plus hours, which made it tough. I can imagine. Yeah. So, but you looked amazing, and of course. Thank you. I mean, I can see action figures, you know. Yeah, that, would, know? Be, that would be amazing. Seattle I would, action figures. Yeah, yeah, I would love that. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. And Damon already said, uh, Terrifier 3 is uh, greenlit, yeah, and yeah. that's the final girl. I guess people have already seen it. That's okay. She's <laughs> the final girl, uh, um, and perhaps, uh, yeah. Did, what do you know anything about it? What, what can you tell us about Terrifier Three? I have no idea. He hasn't disclosed anything to me. Maybe he's scared that I'll blab to everyone, and maybe he's right. Um, but I think he does want to have a discussion with me in the future to see where the character goes, and I'd be excited for that. So hopefully, we have that discussion soon. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, what was your favorite scene to film in the movie? Definitely the last scenes, the like the finale, all of the physical stuff. The, yeah. I got to do all of my own fight scenes, so I was really excited about that. Yeah. And it was just a really cathartic experience. I loved yelling and screaming and beating up art, so it was a lot of fun. I love it. And when you mentioned getting very physical, did you have a, a body double or stunt double? I did for two stunts only. It was the high fall, the, the whole high fall sequence, where she falls from the ceiling yeah. and then she just falls on the ground, but everything else was me. Wow, look at yep. that. Stunts and acting. <laughs> Killing it in both both realms for sure. Yeah. So I saw your IMDb. Ooh. You have a movie with Natalia Dyer. Yes, yes, I do. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Called Chestnut. Yes, I did that like last summer. She was phenomenal. I play, I think I'm, I'm going on a date with her in that film. Like it was, she was really sweet. She was a wonderful person. Nancy Wheeler, you know, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> yeah, I loved her. She was such a sweetheart. We had some really wonderful conversations. Oh, wow. I can yeah. see that, the, the I could see that being an actual couple. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> if we were both single, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, right? And then um, Fetus is another. Um, yeah. I actually saw that on uh, Actors Access yeah. as an actor myself. Yeah. And uh, remember auditioning for one of those roles. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, but tell us about uh, uh, Fetus. It was great. I got to work with Bill Mosley. He played my dad, and he has no shortage of dad jokes. He was a wonderful guy. <laughs> I loved working with him. It was a, it was a wonderful time. Yeah, and that he's a horror icon. We all know about Bill Mosley. Yeah, sure. absolutely. He is a horror nice. icon. Yeah. So what dream projects do you have left? Any, any particular actor you want to work with, director you want to work with, any other genre that you haven't done that you'd really love to do? Yeah, definitely more action-y films. I mean, I'd love to work with Michelle Yeoh or Jackie Chan or something like that. Yeah. I love martial arts films. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there's probably most actors I would love to work with. I, I'm not picky because they're all amazing. Um, but, yeah, hopefully action films or even comedies in the future. I can see that. Well, I yeah. can't wait to see 
uh, Fetus. I can't wait to see Chestnut and, of course, Terrifier 3, yeah. uh, which I'm sure is going to do amazing as well. And, of course, Terrifier 2, you can see the amazing Lauren Lavera there as well. Um, thank you so much for talking with us here on Below the Belt Show. And if you could let us know who you are. And you're on Below the Belt Show, your character, Sienna, from... Uh, if I have a card, I can show you that. Um, but yeah, I'm sure you can memorize it. <laughs> Below okay. the Belt Show. Below the Belt Show. Yeah. Hi, I'm Lauren Lavera. I play Sienna Shaw in Terrifier 2, and you're watching me on Below the Belt Show. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.